If you planned on following the presidential election in November, you might want to plug your ears. A big election spoiler is coming up. A minor software glitch at the Diebold Corporation today caused thousands of electronic voting machines to accidentally release the results of the 2008 presidential election months ahead of schedule. According to the group of military and corporate leaders that has chosen every American president since Eisenhower, Diebold's mistake marks the first time the nation's leader has been revealed prematurely. Joining us now to talk about the leaked results is Diebold PR spokesman Ernie Kenilworth. Mr. Kenilworth, this was quite a mistake. And we at Diebold would like to formally apologize to all of our shadowy puppet masters. This will not happen again. Please have mercy on us. Do you think that people will still even vote in this election? We certainly hope they will. Uh, this country is based on the fantasy that the government is the voice of the people. Uh, going through the motions of voting and uh, keeping the kingmaker's dealing secret is uh, central to our culture. Why, why do we need electronic voting machines in the first place? They're just not as reliable as our cloaked masters, no matter how good the software gets. Well, I understand people's concerns, but from now on, we at Diebold will see to it that uh, we properly safeguard the illusion of democracy for all Americans. Well, let's hope so. So, for those of us who will watch, what can we expect on election night? Oh, the same great show that you have always seen. Uh, we will be pretending to count votes, and uh, we will be running a, a, an ongoing total throughout the night tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for being with us, Mr. Kenilworth. After the break, researchers say they have found a cure for awakeness. Fantastic. Why, hello, it's 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Draw near that ye might be entertained. It is 503-733-2970. 503 973-2970. Thank you for uh, coming along. 503-733-2970. Uh, with your comments, clarifications, commentaries, two cents, uh, what have ye. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the somewhere in between, the just plain weird or unclassifiable. So, uh, thank you. It is Tuesday. And uh, welcome to Day 12 and so forth and whatnot. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right. Let me just, uh, before we do anything else today, let me just get this out of the way so I can... Tumor. I barely knew her. All right, there you go. Done. It's not going to happen again. Just addressing all the awkwardness in the room about it. Uh, if you would like to uh, join us today about anything, Richie Bristol is uh, there. Richie Bristol, who is not able to attend our dinner with Lisa Desjardins last night, which was fantastic. Uh, so we went out to um, so we went out to dinner with Lisa last night. Let's not say the name of the place because the service wasn't very good. I don't, we won't identify the place, uh, but I will say that, that a bunch of us went out to dinner with, with Lisa Desjardins, and so we you know we ate and drank and made merry and 
whatever, and pumped her for all sorts of embarrassing details about CNN, which were not forthcoming, by the way. There wasn't nearly as much as, as I'd hoped to glean from her. But then there was just this fantastic nerd procession as we finished. So it was, uh, it was Lisa and uh, Sarah and the farmer and me and Joni and Joni's boyfriend and uh, Todd the Corpse and Mrs. Corpse and Susan Reynolds came by. And uh, so we all had dinner, and then, you know, Lisa was sort of asking us. Lisa's a real trooper, by the way, because I don't think, I mean, I don't think she started really heading back to her place, you know, the hotel until like at 10.30, something like that. And I think she had to be back on the clock this morning at 3 a.m. Because she had to start, start, you know, doing live shots for East Coast stations at 6 a.m. Yeah, she, she was working 3 a.m. to 11 p.m. tonight. I mean, it was really impressive. So we all go to dinner, and then dinner breaks up at, I don't know, 9, 9.30, something like that. And as we're sort of wrapping up, Lisa's like, well, is there any place in Portland I really ought to see? And we're like, you know, you really got to see Powell's. Because Powell's is one of those places. Powell's is one of the few landmarks that doesn't really disappoint when you see it in person. I mean, in any city. Because you go to a lot of places, like, hey, you got to go see the Statue of Liberty. And then you see it, and it's just a big waste of your time. It's just a big load. Uh, so it, Powell's really does hold up. That's one of the, I'm not going to say it's the only thing, but Powell's is one of the, I would say, one of the standout landmarks that you really got to see if you come visit our fair city. They're like, well, you got to go to Powell's. So we were actually having dinner not too far from there. So if you were uh, on, I don't know, like 10th or something downtown last night or around 930, uh, you just saw uh, this big cavalcade of tools as we were all walking down the street uh, toward Powell's. Anyway, there was a really great moment as Lisa and I were sort of walking around Powell's, and I think everybody else had sort of split off in various directions. But I felt like it was sort of on me to be the Lisa Desjardins tour guide to make sure she didn't get lost in the labyrinth of bookshelves. And so we're walking around, and... I was I was eating. We were like in some we were like in some aisle of books, like in the sci-fi fantasy section or something. And you could not have scripted it more perfectly. Uh, and I have to apologize that I forget the guy's name. But Lisa and I are standing there. We're having some conversation about something in Powell's last night. And a guy suddenly appears. And it's like you, that thing where you can sort of sense that somebody is you know kind of looking at you. And we both turn, and there is a guy, tall, rail thin, wearing a snakes on a plane hat, two Harvey Dent buttons. And what appears to be a T-shirt with a dragon holding a crystal ball, and which really—I didn't just, know those necklaces even existed they really, anymore. Really was one of our people, and I said hello there, and I, he goes, "Why, it's Rick Emerson, Miss Lisa Desjardins," and we said, "Why, yes, it is." And so we had a whole conversation with the guy, and it was pretty—it was as though we had just planned out the entire thing that way. Jesus, in any event. So, hello and howdy. It is uh, Tuesday. It is uh, primary day. So, roll around on this day like a dog in a freshly cut lawn because after this, Oregon will never matter to the political process ever again. So, just, you know, just sort of grab it and just embrace it today. Lisa Desjardins will be joining us today uh, from Portland, Oregon. Uh, sh uh, she's actually going to visit the counting room today. So, later on. I guess every county, I don't think it's, I think it's, I think every county has one room somewhere. Right, there's a county clerk. Is that is that the right. county clerk is usually in charge. Just some guy sitting there. And in my head, the counting room is an electronic. It's not advanced or, or technologically uh, fortified at all. In my head, the counting room is just one sad guy sitting there with like a bag of Cheetos and an old black and white television going in the corner and a huge pile of election ballots in front of him and just sort of going through going, 725,322. 735,323. And then occasionally losing his place and having to start at the beginning again. So Lisa will be at the counting room today. Uh, Tim Riley will have more about uh, primary day in just a moment. Steve Kastenbaum uh, will be joining us from New York City. I think about... Well, about a whole bunch of things, up to and including uh, uh, this kind of grim news that came out about Ted Kennedy. Now I feel bad for joking yesterday. 
Maybe I caused it. Maybe I conjured his almost certainly untreatable brain cancer by uh, by joking about it yesterday. If so, I should start. I should drop a short list of other people about whom to joke. Uh, CNN radio correspondent James Roop. I swear to you, this is what they told us today at CNN. There is a 30% chance of Roop today. Why? Because he's in Death Valley, where phone service and I would imagine water and life itself are all very sporadic and spotty. So. Did they tell you why he's in Death Valley? No, but Tyler, he, he sounded genuinely apologetic. He, he seemed a little flustered. Did he seem apologetic that we weren't going to be able to talk to him or apologetic that they had sent Jim Roop to Death Valley for some reason? I, <laughs> I mean, think... what's even in Death Valley to cover? I don't know. I mean... Uh... But Jim, you know, usually has a purpose to wherever he goes. Let's see. Hold on. Jim... <laughs> I actually just now looked at the CNN prep sheet. This is fantastic. Jim Roop, Jim Roop is live in Death Valley. That's funny in several ways. Jim Jim Rupel is live in Death Valley today. Oh, he's covering that's why he's covering that Charles Manson thing. That's why. It says, Are there more victims of Charles Manson and his followers buried in Death Valley? Well, we'll find out or not. Uh, so CNN radio correspondent James Rupe is in Death Valley today as they try to dig up people killed by Charles Manson. So it really is the best of days and the worst of days for him. Well, we'll see. All right, so we may or may not be speaking to uh the James Roop today. Uh, we'll have the top five. Uh, yesterday we had a great top five. It was the um, top five songs that trashy girls sing at karaoke in a vain attempt to try to look sexy. Today we will have the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke in a vain attempt to look like badasses. Uh, so that'll be coming. I've only got four of the six, by the way. I need two more. Yeah, you've got to let me know what you have because I've been thinking about them too, and I want to see. Uh, I, I'll see if we have any overlap. Uh, but we need we need two more. I have four uh, at the moment. That's coming up. Uh, clergy watch coming up. Uh, we'll uh, get to a bunch of emails over here, your phone calls, and more, my friends. This is uh, Tim Riley, who's working on the following stories for your edification today. So it's uh, just been learned that Ted Kennedy has a brain tumor. We'll have more on that coming up. Polls show Obama leading Hillary in Oregon, 55 to 42 percent. 51% of registered voters have already turned in their ballots. Have you turned yours in yet? I have a list of all the drop-off sites, if anybody's curious. A tramway driver is attacked by a rider trying to pass off a fake ticket. A bird swoops down on a woman going into the Tiger uh, Target store, tearing a chunk of hair out of her head. A Mexican donkey is jailed for assault and battery. And chess champion Gary Kasparov is attacked by a flying penis. <laughs> All that plus serious election results today. Yes. We begin our coverage at 8 tonight. Break. Important breaking news as it happens. All right. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, Sarah Dillon joining us today, as she always does. Hi. Hi. How are you doing over there? I'm doing quite well. Fantastic. All right. And today's kind of a, it's a, it's a great day. There's something in there. It's a little kooky. Today, can I tell you, today's the first day in, uh, uh, I would say, over a week that I feel completely rested, though. Um, I got a ton of, after we went uh, to dinner and then to Powell's last night, um, I think I was in bed by, like, Midnight. Man, I just, I don't know what it was. I mean, it's, I know that we have fairly easy jobs, but, you know, the, the week leading up to the listener party and the listener parties themselves are always really exhausting. I mean, they're great, uh, but they're sort of exhausting. And, I mean, I was sleeping like, I don't know, I was getting like three, four hours of sleep a night, maybe, like at the at the outside. So, I, on Friday, crashed. Saturday, crashed. Sunday, crashed. 
but it, like I had built up what I believe uh, doctors refer to as a sleep deficit, so I was still just kind of playing catch up. I went to bed early again last night and slept about eight o'clock this morning. And this is the first day in forever that I'm actually feeling something less than exhausted. Good, because you with like the lack of sleep and then all the medication you're on, don't pull a Heath Ledger, yo. <laughs> it was all it's all very very unpleasant. So no, I'm feeling I'm feeling much better today though. So um, I'm feeling I don't have this. I don't have this in front of me, but I have, uh, let's see, I have a little bit of uh, news about our bowling event that we had on Sunday as well. Oh, th by the way, uh, speaking of bowling, so Richie, of course, is much more sport-oriented than we are. So Dave Zinn came by my office today. Dave Zinn stops by my office and goes, hey, Rick, how are you doing? I said, hi, Dave. And he said, do you know that, you know, Richie plays softball sometimes? And I said, yes, I, I actually did know that. And he said, you know, um, Richie had a softball game last night. And I said, okay, that's great. And he and then he did the greatest thing. He just drops this and then he leaves. He said, last night, Richie walked a girl. And then he just left. That was it. Like He came he by what? My, he walked a girl last night uh, while playing softball. Oh, so, I was like, walked a girl home? No, no, I don't think that happens. I don't think that, I don't think Richie carried her books. <laughs> I know. He put her pigtails in an inkwell. I don't really know that he does that. I think he carries their lifeless bodies into the back of a van. Let's welcome Richie Bristol to the, uh... Richie Bristol, can you join us here for just a moment? I have other exciting news. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good. All right. Our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol, joining us in the studio. Is it true you walked a girl last night at softball? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, and what's I, wrong with a, a girl is just as good as a guy? I bet a girl can kick your ass at softball, Rick Emerson. I'm just saying I don't put myself out there as a softball uh, aficionado. Well, if you give her too many balls, she gets a free base. <laughs> I was I trying to be funny. To be I don't know what that means. Uh, were you attempting to make a double entendre just there? Yeah, if you give her four balls, she takes All her right. base. I'm just... <laughs> okay. So, uh, so before... Good Lord, how many squirts today? How oh. many squirts? You're you punching me in the face. On today. <laughs> one Jesus. before the cigarette and one after. What is that smell? What is that one? Uh-oh. Oh, man. That's, that's a, a whole lot of... choice. You know what that smells like? It doesn't even smell like... Uh... It smells like a lot of deodorant, like you smeared yourself with deodorant. That's, that's what I'm... Really? Are you wearing Axe body spray? Yeah, I saw the commercials. You know who else wears Axe body spray is Tim Ryan. Timmy Ryan wears Axe body spray. Adam from the Pimp Squad was complaining about it to me. Uh, that I guess uh, Timmy Ryan apparently... Just drenches himself in uh, it? Apparently, that like the three of them will kind of go rolling around sometimes, uh, like at night in a vehicle looking for looking for the ladies. Oh. And Adam said that Timmy Ryan has this whole ritual where before he gets out of the car to go into the bar, the club, or whatever it is they're going, and before he gets out of the car, he has a post-leaving, you know, a, a pre-leaving the car ritual where he reaches into the glove box and pulls out the thing of Axe Body Spray and just kind of slathers himself with it. That's really what you... It, like... Walmart for like two dollars. <laughs> they do. They do. I do believe. See, I don't understand why men think that's so special. It's like that's not special. I. But old. But then again, Old Spice smells really good. Old Spice is cute. Old Spice is fine. That's kind of a classic that's sense. That's class. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. But so before we get to before we get to the bowling thing, I should read this actually. Um. Since you're here, Richie. It says Richie was very 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 drunk at the listener party. This is from um a woman. Uh oh. It says Rick. Oh, Omg. So after the roast, which was great, we went upstairs to smoke and get another drink. To our surprise, Richie was there with two other handlers. Were they members of the Pimp Squad? I'm not sure. Richie recognized us. I think this is a girl who came by the studio at one point. I think she's that girl that came in and brought us bacon chocolate chip cookies. That blonde girl, Crystal, who was kind of cute. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love her. I hung out with her um, all during SantaCon. Says, Richie recognized us and came over to talk. I got a great picture with him, and after that, Richie's, quote, 
handlers tried to keep him isolated from us and anybody else around. At which point Richie spoke very loudly, saying, I want to take that girl to the sex club. LOL, LOL, LOL. What? Apparently the handlers were trying to keep him calm, away from people, and subdued. Uh, it was one of the funniest moments of the night. There were two guys trying to hold Richie back and shushing him, afraid that my boyfriend would punch him in the face. Uh, at the same time, I was flattered and laughing. Uh, we were the couple that met Sarah at Santa Con. Yeah, Eldon's a pretty big guy. Too. Yeah. So apparently, apparently, in, like in the presence of her boyfriend, who was only a few feet away, you were speculating loudly about whether or not you could get her to go to the sex club with you. So what? I'm just. I, I wasn't that drunk. I don't remember that. I just repeat things as they come in, Richie. That's all. Well, do, do you remember that there? point of the night? No, I remember walking by a couple and they offered me something. Uh huh. Hello. Hi, Dave Zinn. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fine. We're just sort of taking care of some loose ends before the show starts today. Is there something you want to talk to Richie about in terms of softball? Uh, no, Richie. Um, <laughs> we mean he he was the pitcher in the third inning, right? Yeah. And um, he was swinging a bat at me at one point. <laughs> and um, what else? I walked a girl. Get over it. Oh, you mean the, yeah, the uncontested four balls to the to the girl? Yeah. Which is, you know, Sarah's right. Girls are just as good as guys on the softball field. I'm just saying you did seem disproportionately interested in that when you came by the office this morning. I was. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dave. Bye. Thanks so much. Over okay, it. the key is don't let Dave come by and say things before the show and then expect them to be interesting later on when we talk about it. So speaking of sports, so we'll do this one thing and then we'll break. Uh, so I got the results from Big App from the bowling thing we did on Sunday. Uh, see, the Sleep Country USA uh, pajama bowl thing happened on Sunday. We were bowling for the Trillium Center. So there were 62 teams. So Sarah had a team. I had a team, Richie had a team, and then you know, some other folks from CBS had bowling teams as well. So out of 62 teams, um, I know where the three of us landed in terms of our team placement. Me too. Who, who wants to go first? Oh, do you know? Yeah, I got the, I got the Richie, did you get the email? Yeah, it's wrong. All right. So, you, so it claims that out of 62 teams that I came in fourth, Sarah came in 18th. 16th. 16th, and that Richie came in 61st out of 62 people, out of 62 teams, which doesn't even seem possible because I saw the way you were bowling, and you were actually bowling really well, but it claims that out of 62 teams, you actually were 61st. Yeah, I think we were 26 pins behind you. Really? Total. So, anyway, so the uh, so I don't know what everybody else wins. I know that Fat Boy came in second, uh, but apparently what I win is I actually win a bowling trip for 10 uh, to Big Al's, so which means I get to go back and I get to hold down my bowling glory once again. You better be ending this sentence with, and Sarah, you're invited to come along. Well, I figure what I kind of have to do, I'm sort of morally obligated to invite everybody who was on my team that day to come back with significant others if they so choose, uh, and then you know, and then you and Laura can come along and you know whatever, and we'll have a whole bowling extravaganza. Woo. So there you go. So 61st out of 62 teams, Richie. I think it, I didn't turn my scores in. I forgot about it. Way to go. The, sale, the salesperson email actually contained the phrase, did you even show up? All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have Steve at 1145. Is that true? Mm -hmm. All right. So let's break here. When we come back, uh, we have a little brief something to do with Tim Riley. Uh, and then we will have political news uh, on the way later on. The new News Hour Top 5. Jim Rube from Death Valley and all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson. Hello, 
it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 on the primary day. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Later on, the Ministry of Truth with Tim Riley, uh, Jim Roop. Maybe calling us from Death Valley, maybe not. Uh, we'll do the top five songs uh, that douchebag guys sing at karaoke bars to try to look badass. So now I put together, I got five actually. I got another one during the break. Now I took off, I don't even know if I should tell you what I took off the list from yesterday. Well, here's the five I've got on. Okay. I'll show you this and uh, we'll uh, go through we'll try to find political uh, news coverage music for Tim Riley here in just a moment. <laughs> what do you think about that? Those are funny. I've seen people sing all of those. Here's the thing. I took off one at Dead or Alive. Uh, I just can't. It, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. I, I just. It just thinking, my gut says no. This is one that I was thinking after, right when you thought. I've seen. Really? Have you seen a lot of guys sing that? Really? Oh yeah. See, I all. Do you remember the text you sent me last night? Yeah. Because I sent you. I didn't. Well, know. I was like half asleep. I wasn't. I didn't go out last night. I sent Sarah a text last night. I was like, "Hey, be thinking about this for tomorrow. Do you, songs that douchebag oh, guys yeah, sing." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you sent me back uh, a two-word response, and I almost did that, but I don't know if that's a thing that guys in general. I know we're speaking in vagueness here. I don't know if that was the thing you sent me last night. I don't know if that was a song that guys in general sing when they're when they're douchebag, or if it was speci- specific to maybe your personal experience. Let's say. So I got five. So I need. I need one more, so we could perhaps do that one that you just suggested to me just now. Okay, I think that that because I really have seen guys do that one. All right, so um, so yeah, we'll um. Yeah, I'll let you figure it out. Anyway, all right, so we'll get that later on with the uh, top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke <laughs> uh, to try to look uh, badass. Let's see what else do we have. Oh, and I have a little bit of youth and revolt news here. We'll do this, uh, then we'll find a uh, then we'll find a music bed for tonight's exciting political co- uh, political coverage. Uh, so I've got uh, from Daily Variety. Uh, we were at, in fact, I should take a moment to talk about Powell's, uh, A, because they're a fine sponsor of the Rick Emerson Show, and B, because we actually went to, we went to the Burnside location last night, because it happened to be right by the restaurant where we were at. And so we're walking in, and it was, and it always sounds like I'm name-dropping today when I do this, but Lisa Desjardins was with us, because we'd gone to dinner, and she'd never seen Powell's or whatever. So we're going in, and she said, well, I have to buy a book for a friend of mine. You know, what can you, what can you recommend? And I always... It's strange that as often as we sort of recommend books on the air, I was really sort of nervous about it. Like, I didn't know what to suggest because I felt like there was all of this importance. Like, it was this inverted pyramid uh, where if I recommended something... you pawned it off on Joni then eventually, didn't you? I, well, I tried to, and Joni wouldn't do it either because I was like, I don't know, Joni, what should Lisa Desjardins be buying? She was like, I don't know, and then she ran away into the cooking aisle. So I, we were all afraid to recommend something because... Yeah, it's just like we sort of impress upon, you know, Lisa that there's some book she ought to read, and then she buys it and hates it, then it's, you know, that we have to go kill ourselves. And so I finally said, well, there, I said, are you, I said, are you looking for fiction? She goes, yeah, fiction is good. And I said, well, do you feel, how do you feel about maybe sort of kind of dark, maybe satirical fiction? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, there is this book called Youth and Revolt. And she said, well, what's it about? And I gave her kind of the quickly three-line description of Youth and Revolt. And she sort of, you know, we, we tracked it down and we picked it up. And she ended up buying it. So, you know, hopefully... hopefully. Oh, she bought Youth and Revolt? She bought awesome. Youth and Revolt. And hopefully, you know, she ends up liking it. Because if not, then it's, you know, to go uh, kill myself out of shame. She also does this thing, by the way, where she reads the last paragraph of every book she buys. Like when she buys a book, that's the first thing she does. Is She turns to the last page and she reads the last paragraph. 
And I one got, of those people. She's like Billy Crystal. And, and I kind of caught her. Met Sally. Well, I caught her doing it, and I said, well, what, what is, like, why are you doing it? She goes, well, she said, you can tell a lot about a book by the way it ends. She's like, you can tell a bad ending, and if the ending is bad, then the book is going to be bad. And she did make an interesting point that no one really has the, like, that never does spoil a book, unless it's like an Agatha Christie book or a Harry Potter book or something. Like, you never really have a book spoiled by reading the last few sentences. So, so I will read this little bit of Youth and Revolt news, because it's one of our favorite books here. So... We already had uh, the announcement that Michael Sarah, who is in Arrested Development and Juno, uh, is going to be playing Nick Twisp. Now, apparently the movie is officially in development, uh, Dimension Films. Just added to the cast, as George Twisp, Nick Twisp's layabout, do-nothing, alcoholic, child-abusing father. Let me ask you this, Sarah, before I reveal the, uh, the name. Who do you picture... Like if I had asked you last week, who do you picture as Nick Twisp's dad? I don't know, some like o- like older trashy guy, but like looks like he might have been hot once upon a time, but now he's like a little bloaty. Well, your prayers have been answered. Cast as George Twisp, Steve Buscemi. Awesome. So Steve Buscemi, and uh, the other thing is that Ray Liotta is going to be in it too, and they don't say who Ray Liotta is going to be. I'm imagining that Ray Liotta will be um, it, what's his name, Officer Prescott. The cop that comes in and, and hooks up with Nick's mom. So I can totally see that. In any event, so this if you are... This is working. This is working. I think it's going to be good. stupid girl better not be. Remember how I thought that it was going to be that... Uh, the girl's dating Marilyn Manson. Oh, uh... Um, Evan, Evan Rachel Wood. As, uh, as Sheenie. I'm just... So we've got going to be her. Steve Buscemi, Ray Liotta, Gene Smart, and M. Emmett Walsh have joined Michael Sarah in Youth and Revolt, uh, which is coming out from Dimension Gene Films. Smart. Gene Smart was that girl from... She, Gene Smart was designing women, wasn't she, Tim? Oh, the blonde lady? Isn't she the blonde from Designing Women? I don't believe I've ever seen that program. I love her. She's in so many of my favorite Lifetime movies. That is a flat-out lie. I don't think I have. You never watched Designing Women? What kind of American are you? I don't think so. It is her. What what year did that come out? It was in the 80s. Designing Women. uh, Delta Burke. Delta Burke. Probably had a TV back then. (laughs) Delta Burke. Gene Smart. Uh, who was the uh, who was the guy? Who was the uh, the guy, the very flamboyant black man on that program? Mm-hmm. What was his name? I can't remember. I can't remember his name either. Uh, like Hollywood from Delta Burke and Memphis. Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter was the other woman on that show. It was sort of like uh, the Golden Girls, but like at a like at a at a, uh, at a fashion design company, which was called the name of their fashion design company. Come on, Sugar Bakers. Oh, Sugar Bakers. God, you guys are disappointing me today. All right. What's disappointing is how much you know about designing women. You know, I'm unashamed of my love. You know, here's the thing. I really love Jean Smart, though. She's been in so many Lifetime movies, and she's going to be... She's playing his mother, then? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be... Perfect. Let me tell you who I love. I love both Delta Burke and Dixie Carter, and I don't care who I don't care who knows that. I especially found Dixie Carter hot when she came on to different strokes late in the series as the I think she came on as the second Mrs. Drummond before it moved from NBC to ABC, and she was replaced by Marianne Mobley, just for those who are playing the home game. All right, Tim, I know you got to go prepare for news, so before you do that, so you are going to be here tonight from the CBS Election Center, uh, bringing people primary coverage. While other stations sleep, slumber, snooze, and slack, Tim, you'll be here giving people the information as it happens. Well, for the most part, there aren't people in radio stations at night anymore, aside from the CBS station. That really is, it's just us. Us and us alone. All right, so... Uh, I have now here many beds from which you can choose, Tim. I'm going to play these one at a time. Mm-hmm. You tell me which of these beds strikes your fancy. Like, as we go through, maybe give these like a thumbs up or thumbs down. How many are there? Uh, Not that many. 17. 
So, number one, this is called, and these are from a production disc. Now, if you work in radio stations, if you know much about radio, there are these things called production libraries. And a production library is just a whole set of CDs, sometimes 30 or 40 CDs that you buy all at once, and each CD has like 90 tracks on it. That's about, you know, they're about a minute long each, and they're just for commercials. They're just for commercials or promotional spots or when you need a generic music bed for something, but a music bed that conjures up a specific kind of feeling. So there are production libraries that are all sort of rock-themed. There are production libraries that are sports-themed. This is actually an entire CD of patriotic music beds. This one is called Environmental Concerns. You can totally see global warming, ice caps melting, polar bears drowning. I was just going to say polar bears. I was going for polar bears, too. (laughs) Is it too late? The EPA wants you to know that it's never too late to make a difference to save Mother Earth. The ad agency in this station want you to turn off light bulbs when you leave the room. And blah, 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 hybrid. Okay, there you go. That's Environmental Concerns is the name of that bit. You are genius. I freestyled that whole thing, by the way. I know. I think we're seeing an exciting new bit at its inception, Sarah. Okay, this bit is called March to Washington. This fall. (laughs) (laughs) But this would be a show with Rob Lowe. One man decides he can make a difference. One man steps up and says, This is my country, and I'm not giving it up without a fight. Rob Lowe. Is. Who would be the woman, though? Rob Lowe. Deborah Winger. Oh, this is, I was thinking thing. of Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Rob Lowe is Mr. Washington. This fall. All oh, right. my God. Uh, and this, um, people, this is why this is the Rick Emerson show. All right. This one is called, this bed is called Uncertainty to Certainty. Now I feel compelled to do this on every bed. Uncertainty to Certainty. I don't even know what this bed would be. She thought she had a choice. (laughs) (laughs) They told her she was an only child. (laughs) Oh, you know what this is? This would be one of those, like, Hector Elizondo PSAs. They make a difference. Their teachers and the lives they touch will change the world. Make a choice. Stand up. Be a teacher. All right, there you go. Uh, that one's called Uncertainty to Certainty. We're not even uh, not even a fifth of the way done. Uh, Tim, this one's called Dangerous Elements. Uh, I don't know. I feel all tapped out. Now, there's so much pressure, I don't feel like I can do it. Uh, these are all very menacing for being patriotic beds. These all fill me with a sense of gloom and darkness. This is the last few moments of a trailer for an action film, though, where the film is cutting faster and faster. All right, there you go. There's that. That's Dangerous Elements, Tim. This one is called, Who Do You Trust? This is the music that plays underneath the cutscene for, like, the new Tom Clancy Splinter Cell game. Do any of these strike your fancy yet? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'll skip ahead. Um, let's see. This one is called... This one actually is called Sleeper Cell. I don't know in what world these are patriotic beds. This seems like a very mislabeled production CD. 
This is a music bed that would be playing during one of those late night, uh, like one of those Friday night CBS crime thrillers. Like this is a CSI sort of music bed. Mm-hmm. This is when they're um, like swabbing for things. I was just going to say, this is totally when they're in the suspect's apartment. And no, wait, here's... This is so you see them with that like uh, the the uh, that blue light that shows up whenever there's like semen or blood, and then and then the woman goes, detective, I think you ought to come take a look at this. Mm-hmm. And then the camera does a long pullback, and it's a tiny little room, but it's decorated like a nursery. Only he doesn't have any children, or does he? My God, get the lab. I think we may have found our man. Back after this. All right. We're not even halfway done, Tim. I'm so sorry about this. Let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. This is... I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lose interest. <laughs> this is... Maybe, maybe it happened a long time ago. I this, this one is called... Let's see. This is... Uh, one, two, three, four, five. This one is Sincere But Shallow. Hello. I'm Sincere <laughs> But Shallow. I like this bet. But this is another one. Three generations come together. And together, they learn something about what lies inside each of them. See, I hear Kmart helping the homeless here. Really? <laughs> On the new 4 o'clock news, we're sincere, but shallow. I was getting... Gerald McRaney is... Mr. Something. <laughs> nah, I choked on that one. All right. Well, we'll finish this up later, Tim. We're not done yet. <laughs> we're, we're like 60% of the way done. Do you have anything uh, like a pipe and a drum or uh, someone playing a Yankee Doodle? Or... Well, I could try yeah, this. Do anything more patriotic? I could try me? one more here before we do Steve. I don't feel uh, patriotic at all. That was that was called Sincere but Shallow. Uh, this, one, this one is called, this one's called Hometown Values, okay? Uh, this is Trace Atkins, you know, here to talk to you about the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, sitting on my back porch, whittling this morning, <laughs> soaking my feet. You know, there's a lot Thinking of good... about America. You know, there's a lot of good kids out there. They just need someone to show them a way, a helping hand to help them be the people that we know they all can be. Times are hard, life is busy, but the gift you give comes back to you tenfold. This is Trace Atkins for the Boys and Girls Club, reminding you, won't you please lend a helping hand? The more you know. Wow, you hit the voice. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, too good at that. It freaks me out. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, Steve. That was pretty good, although it also would have worked with, like, you know, a female hygiene product. This uh, this last one here? Yeah, the last one. Uh, Sarah, might let me... Douche. It's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the only word I can do right there. I mean, really, I... Menopause. <laughs> totally, that's... Our newest epidemic. <laughs> Menopause. It's not just in your head. That would be a total, like, don't oh. feel crazy because you have PMS or hot flashes or something. That's exactly what that would be. Oh, wait, or how about this one? Finally, one more. This is where... This would be where the couple is strolling hand in hand through the surf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sarah just mouthed the word herpes at me. I was going to go with the, do you suffer from occasional erectile dysfunction? <laughs> Bringing people closer. Do you suffer from weak stream? Every time I see one of those, um, that's exactly where I see the Valtrex commercials. <laughs> Take Valtrex. You, too, can ride horses and waterboard. Not waterboard. What's that thing, Winster? I don't even know what we're doing anymore. Hi, how Steve. About, how, about, how about like a life insurance policy one, you know? They're walking on the beach, a gray-haired couple, you, you know, like a, 
You love him, and if he loves you, he'll take out a $2 million life insurance policy for you. It's a conversation no one likes to have. But don't you owe it to them to think of their future? All right, I... I have You're to be so stopped. Good at this without a script. It's scary. I know. It's I... totally scary. He's been doing. He was doing this for like ten minutes before you even called. It's my only skill. <laughs> I mean, it's all I can really do is replicate mediocre hack work. That's all I'm good at. So. Commercial copy at some point in your career? I did, actually. I wrote terrible commercial copy. Thank you. Sorry, Tim. Sorry for wasting all of your news prep time. I was never more bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you another chance later. He's Tim Riley, kids. All right. Hi, Steve. How are you? Oh, well, I'm not exactly in a jolly mood uh, because of the news uh, right now. Um, oh, yeah. Make me laugh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you I know, I, by the way, I want to say in advance, just to allay everybody's fears, I will not play the sensitive piano music underneath you while you were talking about Ted Kennedy and his brain tumor. Uh, thank you. I mean, we're having such a good time here, and it's sort of a downer to have to switch gears to this. But uh, Senator Kennedy... Uh, will remain in the hospital for the time being a, a biopsy of the left parietal lobe, which is the upper rear portion of the brain, the left side back there. Uh, the biopsy tested positive for a malignant, what they call a malignant glioma. It's essentially a brain tumor, and that's what caused his seizure over the weekend. So uh, he's said to be in good spirits and full of energy and talking to folks. But uh, the normal course of treatment for something like this includes a combination uh, various forms of radiation and chemotherapy. They don't know which they're going to do with him yet. They need some further testing to see how advanced, uh, what stage this tumor is at. But it's uh, very sad that folks in Capitol Hill uh, said to be stunned. Uh, you could, you could, the air was just taken out of the room while uh, senators were having their daily uh, policy lunch uh, meeting. And uh, it's it said to be a very somber mood uh, on Capitol Hill today. Well, because you just sort of, I mean... Yeah, you just figure that Kennedys are forever, right? I mean, in a weird way. I mean, even with all the tragedy that's befallen that family, he's just, you don't, he just, you know, he survived a plane crash. Uh, you know, he, he lived politically through uh, Chappaquiddick. Uh, you know, and there was, uh, didn't he didn't he have some other ailment just uh, like 10 years ago? Didn't there was something else that happened to him? Yeah, he had a, he had a blockage in an artery removed and, or cleared. And uh, let, let's not forget his failed uh, run uh, for the president. Absolutely. And so... Uh, he survived a lot, and, and the senators on Capitol Hill are all saying if anybody can beat this, it's Senator Kennedy. He is 76 years old. He's been a senator since 1962. Jesus. Can you believe that? Over 40 years. Very few people have ever done that. And uh, so, you know, he said to be in good spirits, and he's, he's uh, dealing with this as best he can. Haven't heard from him or anybody in his family yet. Uh, I'll be up in Boston tomorrow because of this, so uh, we'll we'll give you a little update tomorrow if we can. And so, I mean, I guess it's too too soon to think about this, but I mean, is it? it I mean, because first it was a seizure, then it was a stroke, and it was brain tumor. So I, I, I mean, is this the sort of thing where he just he just bags out of his of his congressional duties right now, and and somebody? I mean, how does that even work? Uh, you know, in, in the past, you know, they they keep the seat for him. You know, obviously. He's uh, got a long road of treatment ahead of him, whatever course of action they, they decide upon. Uh, but uh, the, the seat uh, will stay his. Uh, there have been instances where uh, they, they uh, you know, senators have passed away and they did not fill the seat uh, for a long time, you know, until uh, an election even, until a scheduled election. That they, there, in, there are instances when stuff like that has happened. 
So, um, you know, uh, there won't be somebody voting in his place if there are votes. If he is able to make it to the Senate, then he obviously will vote. Uh, you know, it, it, a lot depends on, on how advanced this tumor is, what stage it is in. in. If they caught it early enough, it could be something that is uh, treatable. We don't even know the size of the tumor yet. Mm. All right. Well, um, I guess we will sort of uh, find out more about this as it unfolds. So, uh, all right, my friend, uh, we'll travel safe, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. Sorry to bring you guys down. Not at all. I just let, let me leave you with just this one little... Just keep that little song in your heart for the rest of the day. I will. I'll be thinking of all those uh, images of the, of the gray-haired couple walking along the beach. We'd like to talk to you about Flomax. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. See you. Bye now. All right. There you go. All right. Do you suffer from frequent or difficult urination? Uh, okay. Well, I don't even... Tim just laughed. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I think you're really frustrated. <laughs> That's fine. Well, do you want to hear the rest? Yes. I got four more. Okay. Um, so that was hometown uh, values. That was right. We're trying to find... Well, then I guess we have to pick up. I was trying to find a music bed for tonight's uh, political updates. So that was hometown values. Let's see. We have uh, this. This is... Fallen heroes, but then it all kind of goes awry there. Oh wait, so this would be uh, this is the uplifting human drama starring Jim Carrey, uh, but it would be like. Uh, but is it like when he's trying to do his like his Tom Hanks Circa Philadelphia totally kind of role? Myron Floydskin thought he had everything, and then cut to like Jim Carrey like waving at somebody in the bank. Hi, Gladys, how are you doing today? Until one day. That doesn't work. I don't know. It doesn't. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> no, I don't even know what this one is supposed to be. It sounds like he's going to go set out on a journey across the country. Oh, no, no, to no. find that woman exactly. that he's been searching or, for. Or, or, yeah, that or where, uh, and it's just Jim Carrey in my head for some reason, where <laughs> Jim Carrey is trying to find himself by building a 10-foot sailboat in his garage and sailing it across the Atlantic by himself. Oh, or a hot air balloon. This is the story of a man with a dream. And then it's like, yeah, and then it's totally him. It, it'd be him in a hot air balloon traveling around the world, uh, stopping to meet people, and then learning things along the way. Uh-huh. Some um, small town folk they never really gave much thought about. Exa- exactly. Um, wait, no, no, no. You could do this. You could do... Now, I was trying to do a pun on Around the World in 80 Days. Like Around the World with Amy Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a retard. Okay, we have like three more. Um, so this uh, this one is called... Around the World with Amy Gaze. <laughs> I don't oh, know wow. what I'm doing. I was trying to come up with a punning name. Um, all right, this is called Rise to the Occasion. I think Tim might like this one. This is okay. This sounds presidential. This sounds like, this sounds like it actually could be with a real news story. I'm Katie Couric. Could we find? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, no. Could we find an instrumental music bed from like, from like the American president? Or oh, like that's not a bad idea. I could. The Independence Day speech. Oh, there you go. Hey, Tim, you're missing all these great music. <laughs> and Tim loves Independence Day. Tim, what would you think about the Independence Day score? That would be spectacular. You don't want to use this you one. You just gotta think how Tim thinks. The CBS Evening News with Katie Couric, giving people the information they need when they need it. I'm Katie Couric. I love that. All right, fine. Two more. Um, this one is called... Okay, Tim, this is promising. Uh, I say, realizing you're not listening or caring. No, I uh, care deeply. Don't lie to me. This one is called... 
Now, this one's actually called Campaign Update. Oh. All right. This, this bet is called Campaign Update. Previously in the West Wing. I was a little lightweight. a little too jaunty it for me. It is a little jaunty. Play him the last one that you played before when we were like, oh, that sounds kind of promising. Tim, this one's called uh, Fallen Heroes. Wait, no. This is, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's Rise to the Occasion. From the CBS Election Center. This is Tim Riley. That's probably the best one so far. That's a relative statement, isn't it, Tim? Yes. All right. <laughs> Here's the final one. Okay, wait. It's, 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 it's oh, either. Oh, so it's this one or the next. It's either. It's either this one. It's either this one or nothing, Tim. I'm gonna find the score to the American president. This, the final one. This is called Big Flag Waver. <laughs> who can Who can have a problem with a band called Big Flag Waver? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to the North Pole. <laughs> Doesn't this sound like it might be Polar Express music? It sounds like the music from Fred Claus. Oh, oh. you've all been very naughty. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't, doesn't work at all. <laughs> yes. That's how all the election coverage gonna, is going to start, yes. You sure you don't want to go back to... Hi, I have syphilis. In an election long ago. All right. <laughs> totally, that, that does seem like... He was a simple country farmer. This sounds like the beginning of Behind the Christmas. Oh, I could see that. I was going to go with the Abraham Lincoln way, you know? He was a lawyer. He was a uniter. He was a fighter. He was an American hero. And then, and then it would be like, I'm Kevin Spacey. Won't you join me in celebrating President's Day? All right, fine. Never mind. I'm sorry. Pick whatever you want. I think... <laughs> That's the kind of quality control that CBS News is famous for, Tim. I'm sorry, I feel like I failed you. No, I mean, uh, you, you do many uh, positive things here. That's Thanks, Tim, I appreciate that. Rick Emerson, he does many positive things here. All right, we should uh, we should probably Those do Those are all the choices. Take a break. Here's the end title um, track to the Independence Day. Yes, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. Show off. Newsman's pet. Whatever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. From the north, south, hey, east, Rick. and west. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yes. Thank you very much. Hi, how can I help you, sir? Uh, one thing I've noticed is that on all, all election coverage, they, uh, the song or the bumper music that they have always has a ringing bell and snare drums somehow. That is so, like, it's like a, and it's like a triangle. It's like somebody hitting that with a triangle instrument thing. Right, right. Yeah, but there's always like the Liberty Bell in the background and Bong. the lone soldier with his drum kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. All uh, right. And I hate it. All right. Did you have other observations, sir? Uh, no, uh, nor did I have any kvetches. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. That Independence Day song is genius. I guess it does work pretty well, actually. All right, fine. I love how you torture him with, like, 17 themes, and then you save the, like, actual political ones toward the end. Flag waver. I just, I, these, those political are the order coverage. they, well, I think our Liberty Bell may have been packed away in the box when we move. It's probably with all that, that stash of porn back at the old building. <laughs> this, I just took them in the order they were on the CD. This is the last one. That kind of sounds like the beginning of, um... Joe McKenzie. Um, what is that? Terms of endearment. I could I could also see that. I could totally see that. 
Should we take Carell. the winning theme to Jessica first? Tandy. What? Should we take the winning theme? Sure, to fine. That's fine. I like how I we did thousands of dollars we spent in a production library, and we're just going to steal from Independence Day. No, again. One of them has a snare drum or a Liberty Bell. <laughs> it needs to be sent back. And a kazoo. All right, let's take a break. Come back after back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. You're listening to CBS. Lifetime politicians Only out for a buck And then at home one evening Reading Craigslist online And in the personal section You know this pose caught my eye If you like Barack Obama Versus more of the same If you're not into Clinton If you're not for McCain But if you want a new direction And you're tired of the games Vote with me for Obama And be an agent of change I've examined the options On the political scene And the other contenders Seem like the same old routine So I responded to the posting With an ad of my own And though I'm not much of a writer I thought it struck the right tone If you like Barack Obama Versus more of the same uh, I should have found the version where Tom Hartman comes on afterward. Damn it. Damn it. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, will you please welcome your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State. Wow. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We have so much going on today. We're going to be everywhere tonight. We will have live election coverage tonight. Beginning around 8 o'clock, and even before that. You'll have what, Tim? Live election. Sorry. It sounds like something. I get one more joke out of that. It sounds like I'm running through fields of daisies. (laughs) That does. (laughs) Stay free. Here's Tim Riley. Well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. (laughs) So I hope you turned in your ballots. We're going to, uh, we help. If you don't know where to drop off your ballot, by the way, you can drop them off at all the uh, library branches. Here in town, in Multnomah County, in uh, Washington County, at most of your libraries and city halls, in the uh, Clack, you can drop them off at libraries too and city halls. They have libraries. Late, the libraries are open. Well, don't forget, Lake Oswego is in Clackamas County. Oh, that's true. Raising the bar for everybody. Does it give it the hours to which the because libraries well, are open? No, they they have drop boxes. Yeah, no, it's it's not like it. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's not inside the library in some cases. It's outside, but you right. got to but the, you, the, the cutoff point is still eight. Well, I shall take right. a walk to my local library. Yeah, like the Belmont day. Library, I think would have one. And, okay. and the libraries, uh, let's see, yeah, all are open till uh, eight o'clock tonight. They are drive up, uh, they are drive up drop boxes. There's even one at the Central Library downtown. Excellent. And for all you suckers who are driving in Pioneer Courthouse Square, why I would ask. 
They have a uh, drive-up box at the uh, the old custom house courthouse. Right, right. But nobody should be driving down. No, Jesus God, I can't imagine. Be foolish. To yeah. Be driving downtown. So uh, yeah, just pick a library, and chances are some of the other places. If uh, say you live in the St. John's area, you drop yours off at Goodwill on North Lombard. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Oh God, can we? I'm sorry, I hate to to hijack everything right away, but speaking of Goodwill. Can we note what can we note what we found out during the break? What just happened. Uh, Richie, <laughs> that look—it's all worth it for the look on Tim's face when these things happen. <laughs> like you're just—it's like you're—it's like you're doing everything you can to keep your breakfast down. Uh, so Richie came into the studio wearing, first of all, wearing Crocs, which are sort of like—I mean, I think that Crocs are one of those fashion design, one of those fashion items like fanny packs that were sort of created as a gag. Like, there was a bet somewhere in a fashion house to see if they could get Americans to wear something retarded. Well, I think Crocs totally make sense if, it, if you're, like, gardening. Or, like, what they're you're not going to be seen for. by anybody. So Richie came into the studio wearing orange Crocs. And we kind of said, well, first of all, why are you wearing those? And secondly, why are you wearing them to work? And what is, you know. And then he revealed that they were used from the goodwill. So Richie's actually wearing used Crocs. Uh, that Used spongy rubber shoes covered with holes that he got at the goodwill. So, Jesus, God. Ugh. And those things are notorious for retaining personal odor, by the way, I might add. Uh, and he's the only one he, can, he can't notice. No, of course not. Well, you know, and, you know, they actually sell, this is true, they sell a spray that is just for Crocs because they're so notorious for uh, reacting with your skin or with your sweat, and then they just start to stink like a sewage treatment plant. So, have fun with that, Richie. Here's Tim Riley. That's a big treat for us, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. So we'll get back to the uh, local election in just a minute, but first, our top story. Uh, Senator Ted Kennedy has a malignant brain tumor. That's what they found out today. Let's go to uh, our CBS affiliate, WBZ in Boston. They have their own doctor on staff. He's Dr. Malika Marshall, and we'll find out what he knows Malika about. Malika Marshall on the phone right now, and uh, let's turn to her. Uh, doctor, I know you don't have all the specifics, certainly. We know that, but if you can uh, just... Tell us a little bit about the diagnosis that we're hearing coming from Mass General, this malignant tumor in the left parietal lobe, uh, a malignant glioma. Do I, am I pronouncing that right, Malika? You, you are, yes. That's my understanding that he was diagnosed with a malignant glioma. Basically, there are two main types of brain tumors. There are benign brain tumors and malignant brain tumors. We understand that this is a malignant one, which means that it has the capacity to spread. Um, being a glioma, gliomas are actually some of the most common brain tumors out there, and there are lots of different types of gliomas, and the prognosis really depends on the type. Um, the, you know, the way he presented, having seizures is not terribly uncommon. Other symptoms that sometimes people have with a brain tumor include, you know, chronic headaches, having weakness on one side of the body, visual changes. But with him, he presented just with seizures, and uh, so, you know, this is not an uncommon way to present. I suspect that the senator will undergo a course of treatment that could include surgery, as well as radiation and chemotherapy, depending on the exact type of the glioma. And, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's a good prognosis. I mean, the sort of the, the course depends on the type of, the type of tumor, its size, its location, the person's age, any underlying medical problems that he may have. Now, apparently... He had uh, one seizure while he was walking his dogs in uh, Hyannisport last weekend. That's how all this started. He came in for breakfast, and he felt something just before breakfast. And so he sat down. He knew there was something wrong. So that all started uh, walking his dogs in Hyannisport. Uh, let's see. We have all kinds of stuff here on this story. We have the latest uh, from Connecticut Senator uh, Joe Lieberman. 
he's gotten an enormous amount done uh, for this country. So uh, it's always nice when they start talking about you like you're already dead. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. And then we have John Kerry saying he served, past tense, Americans well. Every one of us knows what a big heart this fellow has. He's helped millions and millions of people in, in, in so many ways at so many different times. You know what that is? That's, they're all bucking for the lead job as the eulogist. That's what that, that all, I mean, I hate to be morbid, but really that's exactly what that is. And because John Kerry's from Massachusetts. Yeah. Bill Lieberman is Connecticut, is he not? Yes. And so uh, all of them, when they sort of, the, no, he has served this country faithfully as a custodian of the public trust. That's because there's somebody at home uh, emailing off requests that they get to be the, uh, they get to be the guy who uh, runs the whole show when the funeral happens. So, ugh, all right. Well, there you go. So that's it for now. Well, I just, and, and so I don't even, so I guess it's like he had not a stroke, but a seizure. Correct. And so then Cost they went in and, and then they gave you an x-ray or whatever. And it is... And it's and as she said this, but I just I'm so daft about this kind of stuff. So they said so it's malignant, which means so benign just sort of is there but doesn't wait it like appears but it doesn't get any bigger or something. Yeah, apparently, but that's it, more serious. This I never serious. that's I mean I would like I hate to sound like I'm like making light about this. I just but if somebody if but I, if somebody maybe could have then explain it because I don't really understand. So if it's a benign tumor, then does that mean that it does a malignant tumor just grow without ever stopping? Is that the deal? More than likely, yeah. Because a benign tumor clearly, well, like, not like it was always there, a benign tumor had to grow at some point, right? Otherwise, it would have just been there from birth. So it seems like so a benign tumor just starts, but then has some sort of a stopping point where it just uh, it stops getting any bigger or something. And then I guess a malignant tumor just like keeps on going and going and going or whatever. So, um, But I guess it, like a brain tumor, that's probably got to be... Is that the worst place you could get a tumor, you would imagine? Because that's got to be the hardest to operate on. I would imagine so, yes. Yeah. So that's but what I, I've known people who have had uh, brain tumors before, and even is, younger. And is that, But I mean, is that a... And had, and had them removed. I guess, I think Lee Atwater did that, actually. Lee Atwater, who was a, a political strategist, uh, strategist for uh, Ronald Reagan. Um, I think the deal is, I, I read his book, or the book about Lee Atwater, and I think that the, they talked about him having a brain tumor, and I think that what they do is actually kind of amazing. If the tumor is anywhere, as I understand it, near the surface, this is pretty amazing. What they do is they drill this tiny little, um, this tiny little shaft down into the tumor, almost like a like a miniature mine shaft, and then they drop radiation pellets into it, like right into the center of it. Uh, and then I guess you know the, 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 the deal is they hope that that uh, kills the tumor and then like doesn't kill too much of your surrounding uh, brain or whatever. You know the freaky thing about stories like this is that. It, it, every time something like this happens, don't you then spend the next day or two overanalyzing every single twitch, every single tingle, every single tremor uh, that you have in your own body? Uh, this before I even knew uh, that he had a, that a brain tumor. I was laying in bed last night trying to go to sleep, and at one point I think I just hiccuped or I had like gas or something, but I had kind of like a little like like thing in my chest, and I was made to think, there we go, it's thrombosis, it's set in. So I, every time if any public figure gets uh, gets really sick or is diagnosed with something bad, for about the next 24 hours, every single minuscule, minor, uh, microscopic thing that happens in my body, I automatically assume is like a harbinger of death. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. It's Diana from downtown. Hello. What's up? Well, uh, first of all, thank you again for a wonderful Thursday. Not at all. And now, uh, has anyone explained malignant versus benign yet? Uh, well, the woman on the soundbite sort of did, but I didn't really catch all of it. All right. Malignant really specifically means cancerous. 
So if it's benign, is it just like I don't know, like extra skin or something? Well, it, it's it's still a tumor, and it's still going to cause problems because your brain isn't really equipped to have a golf ball or a softball or you know anything that big grow where the brain is. Right. You know, it's going to cause headaches and it's going to kill parts of the brain around it just because it's taking away the blood. But it, you can have a tumor that is not cancerous. All right, and so and so I guess it, so it's just a question of sort of of spreading then. Right. I mean, um, I'll shoot. My granddad had a uh, brain tumor because he'd gotten hit in the head or something when he fell out of a barn. Right. And they said it was a direct result of head trauma. Okay. So as opposed to cancer, which is sort of like cancer, and it, cancer is just when your body just goes kind of goes nuts at one point, right? And yeah. It, it, yeah. So. The the cells no longer are bordered. They um, no longer have the internal control that stops them. All right. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Oh, have a great day. All right. There you go. Thank you. Jesus. Well, that's why cancers. I mean, I it's, it sounds like a understatement but i mean that's why cancer is so freaky because it's just because it's not like an external thing you know it's not like you're falling walking in the street and the anvil hits you in the head or something i mean cancer is freaky because it's just like your own cells that just decide to go crazy i mean that it is i mean it's the very definition of it's like your body having some sort of cane mutiny against you all right here's tim riley but i've known other people uh who have brain cancer not not brain cancer but uh, something similar to this like something in the brain in uh, a friend of mine, a talk show host at KFI, Joe Crummy, had, had uh, a brain tumor removed. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a few years. And he's only a couple years younger, uh, older than I am. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's the other thing, too, is then you start looking. Uh, Do you ever do this where you, you look around at people who are younger than yourself, who have had something happen to them that you typically only associate with old people? You know, it's like you'll always, uh, everybody kind of knows, um, you know, everybody knows that one guy at the office, you know, who's like 29 and had a stroke or something, or, you know, well, he was only 31 years of age and he had to have a quadruple bypass. And then, you know, and then you just start kind of, uh, yeah, and then you just, yeah, start, and it, you know, and, you know, I think all of us kind of know people that have, you know, uh, who've been stricken with something that you, you know, you figure you got to be 75 years old before it happens to you. So, Jesus. All right. Well, here's Tim Riley. So the other big story today is our election, of course. It's increasingly looking like there could be a record voter turnout for today's Oregon primary. As officials report, about 51% of all registered Democrats have turned in their ballots so far, compared to 37% of registered Republicans as of yesterday afternoon. Oregon Secretary of State Bill Bradbury said that helps keep things simple. Okay, wait a minute here. It helps keep things... Simple. Vote by mail probably doesn't increase turnout dramatically in presidential elections. It just makes it a whole lot easier for people to cast their ballots. That Chris I'm Matthews? Jim Cramer. Oh, I was going Jim Cramer uh, just I now. Was Chris <laughs> My advice on Hillary is sell. Come on, that was pretty good just now. I just heard a loud buzz go through my head when you hit the counter like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wonder if there's, do you feel like there's a, like there's a wire somewhere in the board here that isn't quite grounded appropriately? Because sometimes... I'm sitting next to the board who's not quite grounded properly. <laughs> Zing. Zing, Tim Riley. Well done. Um, uh, no, but sometimes I'll be here and I'll sort of like, you know, I'll hit my, my hand on the, on the counter for emphasis. <laughs> that you and you just everything. <laughs> and, but, but then there's like a, buzz, a buzzing that was not there before that suddenly starts or a sound that was there that goes away. Uh, and so I, I feel like there's, um, I think there may have been some, uh, some connections that have come loose uh, inside the console here, but that's just my theory.
Now the election results come rolling on out at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll have over 50% of the ballots counted, so our first results that get announced are pretty representative sample of who's going to win and who's going to lose in the state of Oregon. It's pretty amazing to be here. It's like somebody pushes a button and spits everything out all at once. And so when does it like this? So they don't... Wait, so they start running the ballots through the machine at 8 o'clock exactly. And so... And I would and I would imagine that's got to be... Now, do they just count it once, do you suppose? Like, in other words... Do they run all the ballots through and then run them all through again to make sure that they that they come out the same number? Well, they do this county-wide. Right. So the different counties all count them at once. But I, I, but I guess what I'm saying is, does each county do their whole count twice as a safeguard to oh. make sure that it's correct? I, I, I don't know that. I would be curious because in the wake of the, in the, wake of the Florida debacle, uh, and then there was all of that, uh, there's questions about, the, about Ohio... And I think everybody does have sort of a fear that, that the voting machines are somehow not accurate. And, you know, the sort of the, you know, the Diebold is voting, is rigging the elections. So I always kind of wonder that if they just, if they run everything through the, the counting machine once, uh, and then if, if, and if, they, if they only ever do it a second time if somebody complains about it. Because you never Probably. know when some guy, <laughs> Dave Zinn, is like just putting white out all over his ballot or something as he tries to shove it. I would it imagine that that would be spit out. Yes, yeah. let's hope so. So uh, Hillary has been spending her time in uh, Louisville, and she guaranteed that those who vote for her, she'll work hard for them. If you vote for me, I promise you I'll work my heart out for you. I will stand up and fight for you. You will once again have a president who gets up every day thinking about what we can do to make your lives better. So please, come out and give me the chance to be your president. Sounds like she's selling hot dogs and peanuts at Chase Stadium. <laughs> uh, Michelle Obama read to children at a children's hospital in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. We in this country have more that unites us. We are grounded in the same values and the same traditions. All of us are. Gee, that sounds like Radio Moscow. Yeah, really, I was just going to say it reminded me of Jim Jones there for a second. If you cannot take the Kool-Aid yourself, we will administer it to you. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey, uh, Richie, the swing oil baron, is wearing used Crocs. Uh, unbelievably, uh, you know, Richie, who uh, does have a job and I believe is worth $50 million from oil in Montana, is actually wearing used rubber shoes he found at a Goodwill. So, well, yes. Jed Clampett. Wow. <laughs> Uh, he really is. Good. That's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Going down to the cement pond <laughs> with those crocs on. <laughs> Richie Bristol, also known as Brown Gold. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just had a suggestion for the inspiring score. It, uh, I'm kind of a sucker for it. I tried buying it on iTunes, but it requires you to buy the whole damn album, which I didn't do. But I did buy the entire EP of a band called The Wonderstrucks. But oh, in any case. Thank I've you, heard sir. of them. Where, where can I find out more information thank about you. them? They're really good. They have a really sweet song called Geek Like Me, and it's just it's beautiful. Oh, right. very thank cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, so check it out. All right. Um, anyway, uh, the, well, no, the, 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 the song is yes. the, uh, the American Symphony from Mr. Holland's Opus. Good one. Oh, yeah, that big that oh. thing he does at the end. Yeah, every time, that, every time that's on television, I just wait for the end so I can watch Mr. Holland cry after he does, does his open. Or not, you don't cry when you, he sings beautiful, beautiful coal? Well, that, that's, that's, that's another tearjerker, yeah. Yes. All right, jerks. There you go. All right, thank you. Bye yeah. now. Right, oh, you have go. no soul. I wish I could like that movie. I just can't. I'm sorry. Uh, here's Tim Riley. I don't know where they get this, these figures from, but according to this story from R&R, the average iPod owner buys only an average of around 20 tracks from iTunes a year. 
That's that's made up, Tim. It's got to be. That came from. I know people who do more than that in a week. Would you like to know where that came? That came from uh, the interior of someone's ass. Mm -hmm. is where that came from. That's where that statistic came from. Only 20 tracks a year? Yeah. No, that's a lie. Um, well, and I'll tell you this, uh, that uh, now my wife had uh, an iPod, and a lot of people do, so they're saying that uh, 20 tracks a year, which is actually with about two albums, so that's like saying the, that's saying the average American buys two albums every year. Well, here, I mean, which is, I mean, that's just a load. Is that an R&R magazine? It is, that's why. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's, that's a little propaganda, Tim. That's what that is. We have to have a radio propaganda update every now and again. Now, according to the New York Times... Apple is negotiating with the music industry to expand its catalog of make-your-own ringtones beyond the 500,000 currently available. They have 500,000 ringtones? Yeah. As well as to expand the uh, capability to ring back tones. Well, ring back, is that ring back tones? Is that when you call somebody and instead of a ring, you hear like Duran Duran? Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. So the current version of the iPhone uses an older, slower wireless connection, while the much-rumored new one will feature high-speed 3G access. Which is supposed to be like the difference between dial-up and cable internet. Well, and I think the deal with the iPhone too is that I think a little bit of their their uh, you know sort of their revenue structure is that unlike some phones like when I have BlackBerry, you can just toss on any MP3 and make it into a ringtone. I think with iPhones, part of the deal they struck is that you have to buy ringtones. But they, as they said, they have five really honest five hundred thousand ringtones. I mean, how many more do you need from which to choose? Honestly. Uh, so anyway, but that's that's a little bit of a load there, where they say that the average American buys twenty songs a year from iTunes. From our, they rather listen to them on the radio. Where would they possibly get that information? I mean, where would they even? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't not list a, a source. I wonder what Apple says. Uh, the average iTunes user buys per year. I mean, and here's the other thing: when they say, when when the radio industry says, "Don't get me wrong, I love radio," but when the radio industry tries to peddle this fiction. Where they say that the average American buys 20 songs a year. Let me just tell you that my wife, last night, last night when I went home, why my wife had just gotten 13 new songs. It's called an album. She gets several of those every month. She's got the new Death Cab for Cutie last night. Um, so, um, it, but here's maybe where the radio industry gets these figures, where they try to pass them off as real. I wonder if they take the total number of songs purchased every year on iTunes and they are dividing it by the total number of Americans. In other words, if they are counting little kids, really old people, the deaf, you know, like if they're literally, literally I mean, if you take, I mean, I would imagine of the 300 million people in this country, age-wise and consumer-wise, there's probably 100 million people who use iTunes. So that will give you one number. But if you just were to take the number of uh, tracks that iTunes sells every year and then divide it by 300 million by every single person, that might be a way to get yourself that 20 tracks per year figure, but it would also be incredibly misleading. I mean, it would be, that would be borderline fraudulent research. So not that the radio industry would ever peddle lies as truth. That's not a thing they would ever do. So, all right. iPod fatigue, Tim. It's setting in. Meanwhile, the HD radio industry is touting its free programming and getting the word out to consumers what a huge opportunity is for them to upgrade all their radios at once. So please do so Throw today. out all your electronics and buy new stuff. Our HD stream is just going to be just 24 hours a day. That's all it's going to be. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Well, you were wondering what the... Well, some of you apparently already answered the difference between and uh, benign. Yes, sir. But I thought I might add a little to it. Uh, well, like benign is when it, you know, and it grows. It 
just kind of growing all um, together. Yes. Whereas uh, if you think of like Spider-Man, like the uh, symbiote suit, <laughs> it like stretches all around. Yes, sir. What not? I don't see anyone stretching so like Spider-Man suit around Ted Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is Ted well, Kennedy? Uh, let's just bottom line it, sir. Is Ted Kennedy slowly becoming Venom? Well, no, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna go, go that far. I was right. just trying to, you know, the yeah, creeping. You, you know yeah. how it creeps along and such, and it's black. Flying through the air in Hyannis Port. Only, only, <laughs> only in the body. It's, and so let me understand this. I'm not trying to make fun of Ted Kennedy having cancer, but your analogy is that, not unlike Spider-Man's suit, Ted Kennedy's cancer is creeping along and it's black. Well. Yeah. I love this audience. Well, I really do. It's the it, best it, audience ever. It's just a picture, you know? No, no, no. I, and I, I do appreciate it, sir. All right. And so this would be, so this would be, uh, so Ted Kennedy's cancer is the spider suit from Spider-Man 3, specifically. There you go. All right. And, um, uh, oh, and uh, remember that 90% of all statistics can be made to say whatever you want 60% uh, of the time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Well, we read them to mislead. 20 tracks a year, Tim, to the average American buys from iTunes. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, you know, with the, uh, with the election, the only time uh, they'll do a recount is within uh, like 2 or 3%. That is, uh, triggers an automatic recount. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense then. So if, they, so if, it, if it's like, yeah, so if it's, a, if it's a percent and a half difference or something, uh, then they would run it through again. That, that does make sense because I guess it could only be off by so much even if there was you accepted a little tiny incidental bit of uh, mischief. You know, and, and since Barack is going to you know, pretty much... Take it by you know forty five percent or something anyhow today. It's just like yeah, they're just gonna throw half of them away and call it good at about eight oh three, I think. Thank you, sir. We should spread that that they're gonna quit counting as soon as it hits fifty eight percent. You know what's interesting? I read a thing in the Washington Post today where they said Barack Obama was only favored by four percent here, which is crap. I can't possibly imagine that's true. Well, the latest is Barack fifty five percent to forty two percent for Hillary. That, and that's a poll. Yeah, so that's a third. So that's a thirteen point difference. With yeah. I guess then the rest going to whoever. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's no way that that he's not going to win. And even if I mean, I can't imagine it would be by any less than eight or nine points. I would be stunned. I would be stunned if she came within eight points of him. I mean, it just seems like there's like even even she must know that, which is why she's not even here. She's in the. She's in wherever. She's in Lake Skillet, Kentucky, or wherever the hell. All right, listen to a seminar about adultery. Here's Tim Riley. So be careful of the birds if you're going to the uh, Target store in Tigard. A woman said a bird attacked her twice. She's issued a warning to uh, shoppers going there. Arlita McGull said a bird swooped down on her when she was near the Target is, store. Is her name really McGull? Yes, McGull. Okay. M-C-G-U-L-L. Who was attacked by a bird. Okay. Uh, she was near the Target store on Hall Boulevard in Tigard. Uh, and she saw a bird once, and then the second time she saw it, it became more aggressive. The bird nosedived and uh, grabbed onto her head, ripping a chunk of hair out. I, it was in her hair for about 30 seconds, just tearing and tearing. She's twirling around, trying to hit the bird with her umbrella. It was latched down pretty good for a good 30 seconds. So uh, McCull got a tetanus shot because uh, the bird who uh, tore the hair out of her head. The Audubon Society said the bird to blame is a starling, which can rest in cavities such as gutters. The organization says the bird is nesting and protecting its nest. So apparently... They thought the bird's hair was its nest. Aggressive behavior was common during nesting time, so... And the heat can make birds uh, jump out of their nest areas. The tiger store said they haven't uh, taken any other complaints about bird attacks. Clearly the time is uh, the time has come to grab Suzanne Plachette and be boarding up fireplaces on Bodega Bay. 
Oh. Three references at once there. Also this, you were talking about the National Audubon Society there? Yes. I think there ought to be some sort of geek organization called the National Audubon Society. Well, actually, it's probably the Oregon Audubon Society, because they're separate not. from the national one. Two things. Uh, Oregon Autobot Society. Also, a thing we forgot to mention on last week uh, is that when Lisa Desjardins first came by the studio, and we didn't really say this at the time, but last Thursday before the party, she kind of came by the studio to sort of uh, say, hey, and, you know, introductions all around to kind of see us do our thing. When Lisa first appeared at the window of the studio last Thursday, she was wearing, wait for it, an Optimus Prime T-shirt. And I really regret that we didn't get a photo of her in that, because that really would have just made the listeners' heads explode. Uh, that she came by the studio, and just, she's like, oh, this old thing. I just threw it on, and it was like this bitchin' Transformer shirt. Uh, also this, uh, I was thinking last night about math mascots from around the world. Uh, there ought to be, for the Spanish-speaking world, a mathematical mascot named Hector the Hectare. Hector the Hectare. Hector... The Hectare. Let's go back to listening to election music. Rick Emerson thinks he's being funny. But the sad truth is, he's making no one laugh. Won't you please call the program and prop up his fragile ego? After all, no one likes to see a grown man cry. We should take a break. Already? It's 12.35. Unbelievably. All right. Oh, did I show you this crazy, this hideous manifesto I got sent in the mail yesterday by an angry listener? Oh, no. Yeah, it's like 400 pages long. Talk about that when we get back. That's from one person? If one person wrote and typed this whole thing. That's a lot of hate. Yeah, look at that. movie script. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, actually. I thought it was a script. No, it's an angry manifesto. Is on the back page? I don't think it is. No, I think that's Vince Foster. Is it just hatred addressed to you or to all of us? No, it's about the Clintons, Tim. Oh, no. I know. It's like it's like a letter from 1996. It's insane. Uh, we get back. We'll talk to uh, Mitch. We'll talk to Dan. Uh, we'll talk to some other guy who hasn't been screened yet. Your calls as well. Tim Riley. Later on, Jim Roop from Death Valley. And the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look badass. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Because it takes me so long just to figure out what I'm going to wear. There is one you have to see, though. Uh, I looked through all the photographs that Vanished Twin Photography took at uh, Listener Party 11, which happened last Thursday. Uh, we won't post this one for obvious reasons. Because the deal is, and this is not just for Sarah. I don't make it sound like it's just a her thing. But we all go through these photographs, and we all kind of have... Have you seen them yet? I've seen some. Because we I don't know who's... I've seen the ones at 970.am. Uh, there's some ones, like some... Just some ones that I think the station took. Yeah. And then there's the ones that Vanished Twin took. And we all kind of go through and get like, veto power over photos that make it look... I've already deleted a couple of myself. There was one where I was, like, looking down at my shoes or something. And I just have, like, like a quadruple chin going on. So It was hard to get you dressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a, a lot of people put a lot of time... Just, Packing me Hank Kingsley style yeah, into know, a truss. You were like freaking out about your bow tie. Well, because well that was actually. Well, we were more concerned about you than you were. Actually. I actually couldn't. I couldn't get my. I just couldn't get my bow bow tie to work. I just couldn't at all. Like that was that was like a five person job trying to get that boat, and it wasn't even like a real bow tie. It was like a like a, a pseudo clip on where it just goes around with a strap. And then you managed to stretch out one of my brand new T-shirts to get it to. Fit. Oh, I have to give you. I have to reimburse you for that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's Tim. okay. It, it, Would you like it back? 
That's the least I can get. That's your Christmas present. Thanks so much. Um, so, um, yeah, there's a, there's a photograph of Scott Daly trying to put on my bow tie. And then Brian uh, from the band, at Brian, Brian Delcher from the band, had to put my bow tie on. And then Tim tried to fix it. And Sarah was fixing it. And then Tim and Sarah. I mean, that bow tie was, I mean, it was my Waterloo. That bow tie was, it was like a Sisyphean fashion accessory. So there is this photograph, though, that we will not pose for obvious reasons. Where it's actually the rest of the photograph is really good. Let me see if I can find it here. Oh God. Oh, I haven't um, yet. No, there's one of Sarah making what can only be called the Tara Reed O face. I mean, it really. I don't know where it is. I may have to find it later on. I don't know if I can find it right here. I'll, I'll find it here in a bit, and uh, and and I'll show it to Sarah so she can be horrified before we delete it. Um, is, it, is it from backstage? Or from... I think it's from. I think it's from the audience as you are getting ready to. As we're walking on stage, uh, so let's see here. Um, oh, those are good. No, those are nice and clear. Yeah, I'll have to find it here. I'll find it during during this segment, and I'll and I'll show it to you. So, um, and then I'll send you guys the link to all of this. Where? I don't know. There. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, it's okay. It's, it's prom night. There's a there's a couple of these that turned out really well. So um, we'll see. Your if, hot date. I'll see if you if I can get you guys access to the V drive here during the show yeah. so you can look at them. So oh, they look terrific. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. The, the photographs are. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the pictures themselves. Interested in, and these will all be posted on the website. By the way, um, the ones that we opt to post. These there's there's just there's a couple where we're where we're sort of caught at awkward moments. Anyway, I'll, I'll, oh we'll, my gosh, look at Richie. Yeah, we'll figure out we'll figure out how you guys can see these during the show. And we'll try to get them posted on the site later today. Yeah, we'll get them posted during the show. Incredible. Today. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, there's some good there's some good shots. There's a couple really cute shots of Lisa uh, here in the studio. So yeah, I'll I'll track down that photograph that I was thinking oh, about here. Of- yeah, no, there's like there's a billion. Oh and my God. there's like a disproportionate number of Scott and Aaron unbelievably drunk at the podium. And there's one of Aaron throwing his hands up as though he's just made the winning three-point shot in the final four. He looks like Mussolini in the dress. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, are you able to see them? Uh, no, I'm just looking at this picture of Peter Carlin. He looks amazing. Peter looks really good. Wow. There's he a, looks like a dictator. Peter photographs. He'd appreciate that. Peter photographs really well. Him, he's like, listen to yeah. me. Okay, but check out this photograph of Aaron. I know that we have to stop talking about pictures here. Because oh, that's we awesome. Well, we'll just get, we'll just make sure we get the V drive. <laughs> but it's like, Aaron, Aaron is, is like he's throwing up his hands as though he has just announced like a new round of uh, of like ethnic cleansing, like you know, the glorious people's workers' paradise begins now. I mean, so it's all very unnerving. So uh, we'll go through. We'll, we'll pull out the ones that are absolutely horrifying, and uh, and we'll get the rest of those uh, posted perhaps uh, later today. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello, this is Reverend Dan. How are you? Hello, sir. Hey, uh, I understand you've got about seven thousand dollars that needs to go to some kids with special needs. Are you calling up to poke well, fun at me? Actually, seventy-eight hundred dollars. Are you are you being ironic by saying that I owe the uh, the, the children seventy-five hundred dollars when you know that in fact the reverse is true, thus leading to comedy? Uh, actually, no. I uh, I am actually the assistant administrator to the Challenger League for Little League, Challenger. and I run. Uh, it's Challenger League for kids age 5 through 21 that cannot play regular baseball. That uh, they come out and play uh, special needs baseball. All right. Give them an opportunity to play. Hold on a second. Before you do anything, sir, let me just, uh, let's do, let's take care of one little. Right here. Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? It's a great photo of you holding your flask, by the way. Hi, Richie Bristol. How are you today? You just like watching Sarah squirm for that sound. Yes, I do. All right, Richie. Let's tell me about this person that I'm speaking to right now. This guy? Yeah. 
Uh, what about him? You are a call screener. So. Oh. Oh yeah, he has. Uh, he wants seven thousand bucks from you or something. Why would that be, Richie? I don't know. <laughs> you were talking. He said you were talking about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, talk to that guy and figure out what what his problem is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I have. To, it's like I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in some Andy Kaufman moment with this call, where there's like a joke that I'm not. That I'm not getting that I'm supposed to get to make the call funny. Oh, I thought you said you wanted you had seven thousand bucks or something for charity or something. That's Why would I he, ever have said that? That's what he said. We give twenty eight thousand dollars. You see, I'm CBS. not trying to be jerky, but you see what I'm saying? Like I can't figure out. I feel like the call. I feel like the call is supposed to be for the purposes of amusement, but I feel like I'm not able to sort of play along. So let's. Why don't you talk to that guy? Okay. I, I feel like we fall into some black hole somewhere. I feel like there's. I feel like there's performance art or something happening in that call that I'm not really like privy to. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What's up? Hey, what's up, Rick? Hey, what's up? Not much. Hey, uh, I heard you talking about those starlings, and I've been having the same problem in my, my neighborhood. You've been attacked by starlings? Well, not quite, but they steal my dog's food, and it's really expensive. Yeah, this is the first step of the birds rising up and against they, us, sir. And, they talk, and they've attacked my dog. Really? So, is that true? Yeah, he's a big boxer, too, and he's just a big pussy, though, so, <laughs> you know. So, so I, I mean, guess, so you, I how does this happen? So you take your dog for a walk. And then the birds just swoop no, down out of nowhere? Backyard. They, they come in my backyard where he stays, and they take his food, and if he comes too close, but they come like 10, 12 deep, you know, like gang members. No. And, uh, <laughs> and then they come in, like, and if he gets too close, they, uh, they chase him off and peck him away, That's, you know? I'm not, oh. I'm not laughing at the mistreatment of your dog by starlings, but your, your sort oh, of characterization okay. of them as behaving in, quote, gang-like activity is pretty amusing. Well, they do, and, and my dog rules with me. So in, a what, gotta, uh, in what neighborhood do you live, sir? Um... Tony Flats. All right. Well, see, now I'm, I'm just going to say, really, let's be honest. If birds were ever going to engage in gang-like behavior, it would start in that neighborhood and then spread out to the suburbs. Yeah. Um, all right. And starlings are very small, are they not? Yeah, they're pretty small. What kind they, of dog they, do you have? He's a boxer. All right. So, I mean, have you, have you thought about maybe, here's what I would suggest maybe. Uh, get one of those, like, electrified tennis racket things that they, made for, that they make for killing flying insects. Well, I already, I already uh, came up with my own deal. What I did was uh, I got a birdhouse. And I made it smaller on one end, kind of like a, like a beer bottle. Right. And so they're able to squeeze in but not get out. Birds check in, but they don't check out. Right. And then uh, I just turn on my truck and put it up to the exhaust. <laughs> so you're, you know? Thank you. So you're engaging in starling genocide. Yeah, exactly. That, in a strange way, I find that really admirable. I mean, way to so sort of, is, that is, you know, that is sort that of. It is proactive. That, it's, a, it's efficiency at its best. No, it really is. That is and a, then I wanted to mention one yeah. more thing. Uh -huh. uh, I heard on the, the recap that about uh, the carnies. Yes, sir. And how they're kind of done. Well, like, I live near um, an amusement park company's uh, storage space. Uh-huh. Right there. And I kid you not, I was driving home from work and. I mean, this is going to sound like I'm totally lying, but they were farting in each other's faces. I swear to God. <laughs> like, just to pass the time? Well, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, straight out. Like, yeah, there's a group of them, like, six of these guys, like, you know, well, toothless, you know, weirdos. And yeah. uh, I, swear to, I swear to God, they were farting in each other's faces and laughing. Well, <laughs> we're laughing at it now, too, so who am I to judge? That, those are the guys who have your life in their hands as oh, they are bolting right. together fast-moving amusement rides for the children. All yeah. right. Thank you, my friend. Who's he talking about again, like the Gresham City Council? Good luck. Good luck with your birds. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. I don't understand anything that goes on in this world. You're listening to KCMD Portland. This is Tim Riley. And the last thing I heard, you were giving money away to somebody. <sighs> Apparently, I don't know what that was all about. I couldn't. That was a guy where he was like playing it so flat. I couldn't uh -huh. tell. Like, if he was a guy from some charity and somebody was, like, screwing with him and then he was calling up and being uh, confused with us, or if he was, again, like some sort of Andy Kaufman guy who thought he was being hilarious by calling and being, I represent uh, special needs children and I was told you have $7,000 for me because I don't, and so then it's ironic and funny. So I couldn't tell. So Richie's dealing with that. Here's Tim Riley. So over a million Oregonians are expected to vote today. Fools. So do so. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, yes, do that. Uh, Barack Obama is shattered by the news of uh, Ted Kennedy's brain tumor. The reason that he has been able to help deliver voting rights and, and uh, immigration rights and, and helped uh, people who are vulnerable is because he fights. Uh, he fights for what he thinks is right. It's time to get behind uh, Teddy's recovery. We want to make sure that he's fighting uh, this illness, and it's our job now to support him in the way that he's supported us uh, for so many years. You remember the way he supported him, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, wait, damn, but Cute I think... for zany soundbite. I was just... <laughs> but you know what? Here's the funny thing is, um, you know, the funny thing is that I, I had actually done... I had replaced the Kennedy thing with with this. No lie. That slot, the Kennedy slot, is it had been replaced by the sort of touching... Ted Kennedy has spent a lifetime fighting for us. Now, we need to fight for him. This is Barack Obama. Won't you please donate to... Stop Ted Kennedy's brain tumor dot com or whatever. I uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I don't have the. Uh, let's see. I don't have the the Ted Kennedy. Oh wait, here we go. Inez Tonovia, Guadalajara. No, that's almost. <laughs> that's not right either. Muchacha bonita, la perlas más en todo Alaska es Guadalajara. That's one of those Boston mariachis. I don't know when this ends. Laredo, will you help us out? Will you vote for Barack Obama? Thank you very much. All right, there you go. There's Tim Riley. Uh, so Obama says uh, Kennedy is one of his mentors. I would not be sitting here as a presidential candidate had it not been for some of the battles that Ted Kennedy has fought. Okay. Well, whatever. So uh, Portland police arrested a guy yesterday accused of attacking a Tramit bus driver. This happened at Southeast 104th Avenue in Holgate yesterday afternoon. They say 27-year-old uh, Robert Johnson was trying to board a bus with a fake ticket. But the driver refused to let him on. No ticket. He hit the driver in the head, neck, and shoulders. So at least they caught the guy. I mean, isn't it easier just to spend the dollar seventy-five and get yourself a ticket? Yes. I mean, I mean, how much could it possibly? How much difficulty could you possibly have just spending the two dollars for a ticket? Oh, and by the way, yesterday they gave us the wrong instructions. There was no service downtown. They said it was just the yellow line, but it was also the blue line, and they ended up busing us to PGE Park to grab the train to go back to the west side. I bet that was a lot of fun. Oh, the air conditioning wasn't on? And... <laughs> no. Oh. Was it Was it also filled with sticky children? Yes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Well, that thing that you guys just said about that you're trying for the Ted Kennedy sounder. Yes, sir. That guy sounded exactly like the Talking Tide commercial. 
This, uh, the Ted Kennedy sound we just played was the talking, you sounded like the talking stain. Yeah, he was trying to sing. He was like, I can, I can kind of see that actually. No, fair enough. Sounds just like him. So I'm picturing a talking Tide guy and laughing my bed. No, I can see, well, I want to, I just, I have many qualifications for the, no, okay, fair enough. No, I can see that, my friend. Cool, have a good day. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Carol. Haven't talked to you in a long time. Hello, Carol. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm good. Thank Hi. you. Hello? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said goodbye. I'm sorry. Hey, we have those crazy-ass birds here at work, and we've had them for years. I don't know why people are just now complaining about them. Now, are these are the, are the birds sort of demonstrably aggressive? I mean, are they like... They, they, they are they... very much so, yes. Yes, they are. See, we've got, like, arbibiters and uh, berry bushes and that in our parking lot here at work. I'm in the industrial kind of area in mm -hmm. northeast, and they have their, they have their uh, nests in there. But they go up on top of our building, and it's like they watch out at their nest, but they're up on I don't know why they're up on the building. And as soon as we get out of our cars, they dive bomb and peck the crap out of you. And a lot of people just, you know, they carry an umbrella with them to, to cover yourself because we've had guys come in with bloody faces and everything Jesus. where they, they have just pecked the hell out of us. Have you done their something? Are hanging up. <laughs> have you done something to antagonize the birds, Carol? No, this is just their this is their nesting area, and it just so happens that we have to park in front of their nesting area. So we this got is a new parking area, and it has always been their area to nest in, and now we are. Oh, like I see. So you are area. you are interlopers into the area where they yes. rear their young. Yes, we are, and so for the first couple of months of spring into summer, they just peck the crap out of us. Well, as David Attenborough would say, birds can be very territorial. So the uh, all right. Well, sorry about that. I guess I guess the the moral of the story is uh, try not to uh, to move into an area where there's some like really prodigiously aggressive animal that is waiting to slaughter anybody who gets near its nest. Well, I'm sure they're probably a protected species, yeah. or we'd all have pellet guns out here whacking <laughs> the hell out of them. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <Bye. laughs> that was great. Tell them, Large Marge sent you. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well done. Oh. I love this. Music. Yeah. Do you have the, uh, you know what I wish I had? I wish I had the, uh, I wish I had that song that they sing in the playground sing, uh, the playground scene where Suzanne Plachette looks over and like there's the whole, the, the, the jungle gym or whatever. There's no reason to be afraid. Birds are not aggressive creatures, miss. They bring beauty into the world. That might be true for one bird. But thousands of birds? That's a different this, story. This can't be the original trailer, though. Nope, it isn't. I hardly think a few birds are going to bring about the end of the world. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're Ava! One of the most terrifying films of all time. The birds. Are you kind of surprised that hasn't been remade? I think somebody did. Did they? Was I there, think they did, well, there was yeah. a sequel. Or did they make it for television? Was there a made-for-TV remake of that some years back? I don't think there was a theatrical remake. I think there was a. Maybe not. I think there was a made-for-TV remake, and then they wrote. I know that Daphne uh, Du Maurier 
uh, who wrote the original Birds. I think somebody sequelized that. I think there was a sequel novel uh, written. All right. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, well, hey, what, one uh, thing before I get to Ted Kennedy. The, the starlings always nest in the exact same spot every year. So if you're able to destroy their nest and make it can't re-nest, they will go away. So to that guy who's busy constructing some sort of weird genocidal starling burial ground over in his neighborhood, he may be solving the problem once and for all. Yes. I do love the idea. This is, by the way, what you get when you couple, like, abundant male energy, no real hobbies, and a subscription to the Discovery Channel. Uh, that that guy is not just going after them with, like, a like a rake or a shovel or something. He's actually building a death contraption to get rid of them. Yes. Hey, and uh, it might be too soon, but you need to find that uh, Ted Kennedy, Obak, Obama, Obama thing where he's yes. yelling it. Yeah. And uh, put a Homer Simpson right behind it with a thud. I do believe that is too soon, both morally and probably factually, since he's still alive. True, but it still would be funny. You're saying just to have it ready? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll look into that. Okay, Thank you. Yeah, we're not Rick, ready. you're really on the pulse of society, because guess what's in pre-production right now? Is it the Birds sequel? A remake or of a re- the Birds. A reimagining of the Birds. Uh, starring Naomi Watts. Really? I just don't... I, you know, I like I, her, though. I like Naomi Watts. I don't... What I really don't care for is the Birds. I, I don't... I just don't care for that movie much. I uh, I like Hitchcock and all, but I find the Birds to be sort of an overrated film. But the production dates have been pushed back uh, past any possible directors and actors, right? Not, uh, not unlike that uh, Tom Cruise film, which has now been pushed back uh, for at least two years. It's like that, Nazi German one? That Valkyrie film, uh, which was supposed to come out two years ago, then last year, then this year, and now two years from now. Did you see that Will Smith is building some huge Scientology school? No. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith, who I did not think was a Scientologist. Well, maybe he's not. I don't really know. Uh, he's building some big school for a Scientologist or whatever. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. So uh, let me do a little uh, editing on this story. An Oregon man who left bodily fluid on the leg of his friend's wife has been convicted of sexual abuse. Uh, this uh, fellow's name is Andrew Serafin. He slept over his friend's uh, Dallas apartment after he got too drunk while watching a football game December 3rd. Serafin, a friend, and his uh, friend's wife all slept in the living room. The friend slept on the couch while his, uh, while his wife and Serafin slept on recliners. A few hours later, the woman awoke to uh, a wet feeling on her exposed leg. She looked up and saw Seraphin at the foot of her recliner. He was uh, zipping up his trousers and running into the kitchen when the woman screamed. The woman had trouble waking up her husband because of his extreme intoxication, but finally threw water into his face and woke him up. Uh, once a week, the husband uh, tossed Seraphin out, and the capital contacted the Dallas Police Department. Well, okay. So that is not unlike. He's been found the, uh, guilty of private indecency and harassment. So that is not unlike the guy at the what was it Target a while back who was uh, um, similar, yes. Placing fluids yes. on women's backsides while they were out shopping for housewares. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not Enough of that. Anything else? But hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. You know what about those birds? No. What about those birds? They just want to build a nest, and when my dogs. They ate a, one of our bunnies, and there was a bunch of fuzz left left around. I was Wait, picking the, up the fuzz. The birds ate one of your bunnies? No, the dog ate the bunny. There oh. was fu- fur on the ground. And... That would just be terrifying. No, not a... Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a different story. Yeah. It's really funny, but... <laughs> I'm sure, I was I'm up sure the fuzz. it's hilarious. I'm sure it's a real rib tickler. 
Yes, it all right. It could be. Yes. It could be. Until, anyway, the bird yes. came and took the fuzz right out of my hand, the fur. And so I started taking chicken feathers that were laying around. You just hold them up, and they come down. They just want to build their nest, see? And you just hold it up and stand still. They take it right out of your hands. It makes it so they won't peck your eyes out. You just hold the feathers up. <laughs> It's true. Well, no, I'm, I, it's just I just love the idea that you know that there are certain product, certain problems, and certain difficulties that you come up with solutions for. Sometimes you need a solution because you got a flat tire. Sometimes well, you need a solution because your hedge is overgrown. I didn't think about it. It just I was carrying the fuzz from the dead bunny, and the bird took it out of my hand. And I thought, will it work with chicken feathers? It works with chicken feathers. It works with the stuff that you scrape out of the you know the rug of your car. But will it, it blend? Just hold it up and hold still, and they won't peck you. They'll just take it and go and build their thing. Thank you, sir. Good advice for all of us. All right. Bye now. So all right, offer your dead animal to the birds, and they'll leave you alone. I suppose, I, and, I, and I'm just back on the fact that that he was the bird was attacking the woman. I mean, that's a creepy feeling to know that a the bird uh, wanted your hair. B, wanted your hair badly enough to just come and start pecking at your skull about it, and C, then the idea that your hair is being woven into a bird's nest as you speak, like some sort of, like some sort of uh, weird, uh, you know, aviarial voodoo doll. Uh, let's do one more at our own peril. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Is it me? It's yes, me. it is you, sir. Well, um, the European starling is somewhat of an invasive species, so you can kill them all. <laughs> they're not from here. <laughs> they're, they're they're immigrant birds. They don't belong in North America anyway. So yeah, the ODFW would like to see them all gone. Wait, so are you saying so when you say that they the uh, that they're an invasive bird? Yeah. Are they sort of like the fire ant of the bird world, where they just sort of they spread out like some sort of a uh, some sort of an airborne fungus? Well, somewhat. They um they kill other beneficial birds. You know, they take their eggs out of their nests and right. stuff. So they're like the hobo spider of the bird world. Pretty much. So that guy shouldn't feel any guilt about setting up some sort of weird bird-like death camp. No, absolutely not. All right, excellent. Duly noted. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We like anything that makes us feel better about killing on the Rick Emerson Show. Here's Tim Riley. Wait, do I hear Suzanne Plachette sitting down at a bench? Uh-oh. Nothing but dead silence. The woman walks in the door, looks down. Ah, I think it's eyeball. Well, that was a good scene. <laughs> no, no, no! Keep letting it play. That was the end. Here's Tim Riley. Maybe I can find something better than I that. I was really hoping... What is that? I guess people are making their own music videos <laughs> to the birds. To the I was really hoping that you would find, like, a horrible, gut-wrenching scream that I could then couple with the... Uh... Right there. All right. What is the worst thing we could possibly put over the top of this music? What is the worst, most... What is the worst, most inappropriate thing we could put over the top of that? Hmm. Or maybe over the top of... Let's see, what else do we have? Okay, let me try one. Okay. She was a woman who only wants... <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing there. All right. I'm Kevin. sorry, that's all I've got. I got nothing. All right, here's Tim Riley. 
Jesus. We'll have uh, Lisa Desjardins calling us in just for a while. Jim Rube calling us from Death Valley. Clergy Watch still to come. Top five songs the douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look uh, like badasses. This is Tim Riley. Did you know that women are beating men in record numbers? Domestic violence against men is more common than you might believe, and it is underreported. In a survey of several men, 30% uh, say they've been beaten by women. Uh, the problem may be uh, hidden from view by most people. And all these uh, scientists are uh, starting to discover it. Men generally don't talk about it, and physicians and healthcare personnel tend not to ask. That's Dr. Robert Reed. It's very much a hidden problem, much the way that intimate partner violence in, in women was many years ago. Intimate partner violence? Yes. Is he, is he saying, like, lesbian beatings? Is that code right there? It might speaking be. In? Hey, do we have the noise of a chainsaw? Uh, not handy. A guy, a, a guy suggested, I'm sorry, this is Jenny. Jenny suggested the most inappropriate thing to put over this music bed would be, um, would be a, a chainsaw sound. Sarah? Okay, okay. This is, uh, let's see, uh, at least if I can cue this up here. A right. chainsaw. I think it's, if we have, if I could play the serial killer bed and this all at once, uh, I would do that. I don't think I have this, uh, I don't think I have this capability, though. Yeah, I don't need. Yeah, I'm just gonna need one second. So I'm right, gonna find one. Well, we'll sit and wait. In the meantime, we'll I take can tell you about something else. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, y'all. How are you doing? What's up? I uh, just wanted to call and say thank you for uh, yesterday's top five. Um, I was uh, taken to the uh, my first karaoke bar when I was 16 back in oh I guess 92 by my sister, who then proceeded to sing your number one song yesterday. Uh, and then five by Gloria Gaynor. Oh my God, dude! I laughed so hard yesterday. I laughed so hard today when I heard it on the Rick Emerson recap. Yes, sir. You made my day twice. I'm on my way to the studio right now with a plate of cookies for you. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Cookies? You got it. Cookies. Oh. Twenty twenty forty Southwest first, right? Yes, yes sir. sir. Sorry, Rick's like spraying it. himself with cream right now. Let's rephrase that, shall we? All right. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I just okay. So I just went to get some not. I just went to get some creamer for the coffee. I just went to get some cream for the coffee, and I open it, and inside, instead of like refreshing liquid creamer, it's a fortune cookie. No, it's just like a bunch of coagulated crap. Oh, you shouldn't be using that stuff anymore. Jesus. Oh my God. You guys need cream. Give that to Richie. All right. You'll eat anything. Thank you, sir. No sweat. All right. There's a foul odor oh, in here now. Oh, that's stink, Rick. Get it out of here. Me. Oh. Oh. Like it's my fault. I guess it's not your fault, but you're probably keeping it in here. All right, I'm gonna put that in the hallway. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, I that's almost as bad as the durian. I didn't think that stuff could go bad. Fortunately, there was nothing to pour into my coffee because it had also. It was like I opened the little creamer container just now, and it was like white Jello or something inside. Uh. I didn't think that stuff could go bad. Well, I thought that was good. I thought that was the big selling point, that it couldn't go bad. All right. I thought so, too, because we had talked about how it didn't have any expiration Jesus. date. This one apparently did. It just smells vile. God damn. All right. Uh, it's all right. It's 503-733-2970. Sarah, do you have the appropriate... All right, go ahead. Yeah. For the, uh... Am I starting here? That's not really as funny as I thought it would be. No. no, no, that's too bad. No, I don't. Uh, no, we'll have to keep trying. I feel like there's some sort of that really does. Dude. Reek. 
Did you like spray? Did it drop drip No, or I just no, I just opened it. That oh, was the thing. It, it was like baby vomited. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I just opened it and immediately threw it away and put it in the hallway. Oh. So, yeah, Dude, that's uh, uh, so. Be careful. Oh, you know what? I have some spray stuff. Be careful when you go to use the non-dairy creamer over by the coffee pot. I think some of them have some of them have gone off, as they say. Oh. Uh, all right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Portland, Oregon, reporting for CNN. CNN radio correspondent to the star and newly converted Powell's enthusiast, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hello. How are you, Lisa Desjardins? From where are you calling? I am calling from the Vote County location for Multnomah County. And so this is now, is this like actually just one big room where like a sad, lonely man in overalls named Smitty sits with a cigarette counting all the, the ballots one by one? It, it does look like it's been sort of a, a, a retooled automotive shop, vaguely. And there, there are about four or five machines in there. I, I actually am not allowed to speak on the cell phone while I'm looking at that room, but I'm now in the next room over, and they have these small machines for counting. It's very, very clean. There's just five people loading stacks of ballots into these scanning machines. So um, uh, this is maybe a little, a little uh, bit premature or premature, as they say on the East Coast, to start doing these sorts of things. But... Let's assume for the moment. I mean, if we if we accept the if we take it as read that Barack Obama is uh, going to win here, and who knows, uh, anything is possible, I suppose. But when they start doing uh, the recap of this entire election year, how are they going to answer the question? How did this happen to Hillary Clinton? I mean, that's a big, broad question to be asking right now. But, I mean, in terms of just your sense as a political observer and as a journalist who's covered the process sort of objectively, I mean, how did, how did it get to this point for her? There were multiple factors. If you want to point to one place in time, it was clearly Iowa, where she was completely caught off guard by what was then a, a massive victory for Barack Obama in a state where no one expected him to have that kind of a showing. And, and I think that, that completely changed the race right then and there. You know, but if you ask why did that happen and, and why has he sustained that kind of support, of course it's been up and down. I think there are two factors. I think one, that her campaign underestimated how well organized he was many months ago, even a year ago. I was already picking up on how his campaign was placing calls into states that no one thought were going to matter. Virginia, Texas, these states that have very late primaries, and a lot of people were questioning, well, what's the point of that? They're not going to even have an impact. Well, of course, those states turned out to be incredibly important, and the Obama campaign turned out to be very wise to build those organizations early and start raising money early. Then, of course, you've got this sort of X factor for Obama, and it's a Y factor, bad analogy, for Hillary Clinton. He, he is a new, fresh face. She's someone that people know, and this is a year where I think people want someone completely new, and, and he really took advantage of that, uh, really was able, along with help from John Edwards and the whole slew of other Democrats running, to, to make her look like the old guard. And I, I think that really rattled her, her initial kind of... Uh, inevitability factor it is and I, I would say that at a certain point it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where the, the snowball just i'm mixing my metaphors but the snowball just picks up <laughs> speed downhill because you have people even who were early uh, hillary clinton is supporters who who slowly started to defect and of course we, each defection seemed to bring on two more of its own i even saw i mean this is sort of a different thing but i even saw james carville interviewed a couple days ago and carville said he made he made some statement in which he said that he actually had an undated check for barack obama already written 
And, right, right, I believe it. You know, the, the more people sort of heard uh, things like that, I think, uh, you know, there, there is that thing in politics known as the, as the wave, and I think, you know, Obama definitely has it. Is that He is, depending on who you listen to today, expected to, to carry Oregon by somewhere between 8 and 12 points. That's kind of what, is that what you're hearing? Right, that's what the polls say, but who, who knows? It's, Oregon is definitely closer than Kentucky, if you look at the polls. She has a better chance of winning Oregon than he does of Kentucky, but it does look like a classic Obama-Clinton split today. All right, then. Uh, and so they will, and the, the, the deal is here, as soon as 8 o'clock hits, that is when they start running all the uh, all the ballots through the machine? No, they have, they're have they already counting them right now. Oh, I and see. In fact, okay. Multnomah County uh, says they have uh, 45% of voters have submitted ballots right now here in the county. All right. And, of course, I'm looking at a line of people putting them in now. But the great thing is because they're counting now, at 8 o'clock we should have maybe even a majority of results from around the state, so we'll have a good sense of where it's going. Uh, the irony here for me is uh, it turns out I am, I be, I'm almost 100% sure I am the only CNN correspondent, perhaps the only CNN dedicated employee in Oregon right now. Really? <laughs> yes, I do, in fact, believe that because since Barack Obama is going to be in Iowa tonight, he's trying to look like a November candidate. He wants to be in a swing state and start making the November argument. Uh, and Hillary Clinton's in Kentucky. Most of most of the staff goes with the candidates, even though this is a big election. We're going to be reporting on it all night. I don't I don't know of uh, any other staffers that are here. You're going to see tonight on CNN probably lots of interviews with staff members from the Oregonian, <laughs> that kind of thing, perhaps. This is your and moment to shine, them. though. This is your moment to take the entire northwestern corridor under your wing and make it your own. Right, and this is precisely why Britney Spears is is, is inevitably uh, <laughs> going to pop back up in the news today. I mean, not, I mean and, and Ted Kennedy, obviously very um, huge, huge news that the whole country is paying attention to as well. So I think... I think the, these primaries are, are taking a backseat to that anyway right now. By the way, I did instruct everybody not to think less of you because you revealed last night that you always read the final paragraph of a book before buying it. <laughs> Should we also talk about the other thing that she revealed? What is the other thing that she revealed? Sarah? Uh, about the, um, can we talk about that? We were, we were at dinner last yeah, night. Sure. I, what did you, I'm not, I, I don't know what you're. I'm fine. I'm not sure. I, I, it's all open. Yeah. I remember when you were saying that you were the um, lead singer of a punk rock band. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that revelation. How did you possibly forget about that? Because I was because there were nine million other things last night that I was sort of trying to file away from my you know my mental rolodex of observations uh, on on and the fact that you had at one point met Richard Quest in person. That was yes, the thing that right. I was busy being impressed by. That's true. Yeah, you Tim and I were talking about this morning. You could not ask me enough about Richard Quest. It's true. I felt like I, I didn't. Ha I wish I'd spent longer with him so I could tell you about what sort of uh, you know bath products he used. I have to tell you, I, I there are know. Richard Quest sound bites from years ago that we still play for no readily apparent reason, such as right across his posterior, uh, which we just sort of drop in for no for no reason. So, uh, but yeah, that you were at dinner last night. You actually, you Lisa Desjardins, revealed at one point that you had been the singer of a punk band in Russia. Well, I think I think your friend Todd had actually seen that somewhere on the web because it's not something I, I bring up so much. But yes, I, I was in, in uh, dementia. I know that they have a huge following um, <laughs> among the band members that were in it. Maybe I don't. I think that's so, doubtful, actually. Can we sing a song from the point of view of Jan Brady? Yes, that that was my one song that I that I penned for dementia. Was a uh, Hi, I'm Jan. Do you know who I am? That was my, my tune. But mo most of our songs were in Russian, and they were very weird. As I told you guys, it was like reggae meets Sonic Youth. 
Wait. It was very strange. Just, I, I have to go here in a second, but I have to clarify this very quickly. So was the song itself in Russian? It was in Russian a little bit, but mostly in English. There were so, a couple of Russian words in there, but my, my song was English. Other songs we did were in Russian. And to please tell me there are recordings of this. There is one that I know of, but as as I, I think I said last night when someone else asked me that, I, I have never revealed to another living soul where that recording is. Well, I think you would agree that we all here have an uncommonly intimate bond, though, Lisa. And that sounds like a challenge, Lisa. <laughs> good, good luck with that. Good I'm just saying... That. You know, I feel like maybe we need something to cement our relationship once and for all. I'm just saying people I've married have never found out where that tape is. <laughs> so is this it? Is this the last time we get to see you before or like talk to you before you go back? No, I will be I will be here. I'll be at the airport tomorrow when your show is on. So I think that and that'll be a perfect I'll close it out. My last thing that I do will be talking on this show. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's a little bit of a, just a little bit of chaos where you are. So we'll let you get back to it, and yeah, we will talk yeah. to you uh, tomorrow uh, before you fly out, Lisa. Outstanding. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for coming to dinner last night. It was a great time. All right. And she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> just like all the others. All right. Uh, do you have the Sarah? Do you have that yes. sound clip? that somebody? Okay. So we're trying to find the most awkward, inappropriate music to put over this election uh, or this sound to put over this election music. All right. Are you ready? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> That's the alligator sound. There's something there. I think maybe just as it as it repeat maybe as it repeats it becomes funny. Okay, you know what that would be? That's the opening credits to a charming nature uh, channel sitcom starring the alligator. No, family. it would not because that doesn't sound like an alligator. I know. I don't know what it sounds like other than Richie. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Okay, so we understand that uh, voting is also heavy in Kentucky. Now, their polls close at 6, but they're in two different time zones. Eastern Kentucky is in the eastern time zone, and Western Kentucky is in the central time zone. So, uh, let's see. The current time in eastern Kentucky is 420. Their polls close at 6. And uh, the time in Western Kentucky is 3:20. All right. So this, so we, so things will sort of start trickling in from that side of the country, and then they're already counting ballots here. So they'll be all. Uh, we, we can have results in Kentucky before we even start. So this is actually. So this is the thing that I that I sort of uh, misunderstood. So, so they are already counting ballots here, but they're not going to release anything until eight. Correct. All right. Yeah. And at eight, they will start releasing the count of whatever it is. It'll be then. done in like five minutes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, in Seamus points this out. He says, Rick, I cannot believe we didn't know this in advance about Lisa Desjardins so that she could have performed with that band at the listener party. How how great would it have been if we had known in advance? You know she wouldn't have done oh, it. Oh, you know what? We would have gotten her drunk enough to do it. You know that that would have been. If Lisa had revealed to us before the party that she had once been in a Russian punk band, you know that you and I would have filled her with enough vodka to do that. You know, yeah. That would have been our whole quest. That would have been the whole, and we would have just sprung in there. We would give, I mean, I would, have, I would have purchased as much vodka as it took, uh, really, just to get her to get up there and sing. So, well, all right. Well, fair enough. That does give us a challenge for the future, though. Uh, all right, here is Tim Riley. So we could be done with Kentucky before we even begin tonight. So uh, we'll have all the numbers as we get them in from Kentucky and Oregon all day Excellent. Long. So. Uh, John McCain has uh, just released a statement on uh, Ted Kennedy. He remains the single most effective member of the Senate if you want to get results. And he is not reluctant to share the credit. 
and he, when it fails, he's willing to take the blame. Is John McCain the one with the brain tumor? <laughs> well, um, well, you know what that is right there? That is, that is the sound of a conservative choosing his words very carefully because he knows that my in-laws are watching television right now. Well, it sounds like the motor is burning out. <laughs> He's on backup power. He's a, John McCain is being run up his reserve generator right now. Oh, he needs a little more memory. <laughs> He's, I'm sorry, you'll need to hit Control-Alt-Delete, Senator, and close some of your applications that are currently running. You have many unused icons. <laughs> <laughs> click, here to, click here to clean up your mental desktop, <laughs> Senator McCain. <laughs> that's, that's totally what he's... He's not done yet. <laughs> pray that they will be able to treat it. That he will experience a full recovery. Hey. Oh, well, fair enough. There you go. Um, but that's the thing, is right. He has to come out. He has to come out and say something nice about Ted Kennedy. But at the same time, he can't be caught on microphone saying something nice about Ted Kennedy uh, because, of course, Kennedy, you know, the, the public enemy number one with conservatives in this country. So, oh, speaking of which, I'm not going to read any of it. But I mentioned this real briefly going into the last break. It was like receiving a package from 1996, which is, for all I know, that's when this was sent. I got this uh, this big manila envelope in the mail yesterday, like a manila folder that was sent to me, and I thought, well, maybe it's a, you know, a book or you know, whatever. Uh, I open it and I take this out, and it, it, Sarah was right. It does. It looks like a movie script. I mean, it looks like a film script. It's, you know, regular legal size paper, about 200 pages long, kind of alligator, or, you know, whatever those that, that big. Uh, clip whatever that big what do you call this kind of a clip i don't know what it's called but they're handy everybody knows what i'm talking about here right it's the it's black with the two yeah, long the silver thing, like you flip the silver things either way that's an interesting thing everybody uses that but i don't know what it's called i know what a brad I get, is i got a box full of them at home i don't know what they're called that's a good i just take one out of the box and use it what are those things called you got me that's like hand gestures that everybody understands sure but there's, there's no, knows. no name for it i'm gonna find out right now do you ever think about hand gestures that you all know, but there's no name to describe them? Oh, I know what the hand gestures are that I receive. <laughs> um, hi. Hey, Annie? Yeah. Hey, this is Rick. Hi, Rick. Hey, do you know what those black clip clamp things are called that you use to, to clip big piles of papers together that are black with the big silver arms? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, no. She's new. That's interesting. <laughs> do, do, do you suppose anybody up there knows? Uh, I can maybe transfer you to Cheryl. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you. Okay. Oh, P.S. You have cookies up here from a listener. Sweet. That, you just them off. that is so cool. We'll send Richie up for them. Okay. Thanks, Annie. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's one of the questions that HR would ask before giving somebody a job. Probably not. But, you know, the hand gesture I'm thinking of, everybody here knows the universal gesture for hurry up. Make the what? gesture for hurry up. For if hurry you need somebody up? to hurry up. Well, there's that tapping a watch, or Tim's doing that. Yeah, where you, yeah, yeah. it's this. But there's oh, like I do no, this all the time. That's like me, like, wrap it up. Stop talking. Where it's, you're waving your finger in a circle, mm -hmm. uh, like you're twirling, you know, yo-yo. Sure. No, all right. Well, nobody knows. And isn't that funny how people still use, like, the roll down the window sign, but nobody really rolls down the window anymore? I think about that all the time. There me are too. hand gestures that everyone knows, even if they they apply to things that you don't really do anymore, but there's no name for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, anyway. All right. Let's see here. Um... So I was anyway. I'm looking at this, but you know what it is? This is a 200-page manifesto. I swear to God, about the Clintons and Vince Foster. Do you see what I'm saying? That's exactly what I said. Tim's facial expression. Is that from Scotty or or, or somebody in the Western County? I mean, it is from just the darkest, dullest period of American talk radio. And it's and look at this, Tim. Would you agree, Tim, that this was done on a on a manual typewriter? Oh my gosh, yeah. That was that was written and typed out 
page by page, painstakingly, on a manual typewriter. Dear editor. That 200-page thing about the Clintons and Vincent Foster. Boy, am I, I, I am so glad we are past that era of talk radio. I mean, that was just the worst, darkest period for this like, industry. Can you give me, like, a 30-minute assessment as to who Vincent Foster is? Vincent Foster was, was he not, was, he was a lawyer, Tim? Yeah. He was one of the Clintons' lawyers who committed suicide. They found him in a Washington park, gunshot to the head, blah, 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 blah. But he was, like, the instant Vince Foster died, conservatives started like, no, you know, he didn't die. The Clintons had him killed because he knew too much. Of, either A, he knew too much about Whitewater. B, he was having an affair with uh, with Hillary Clinton. C, he knew something about Bill Clinton and the trooper, the trooper gate thing of Bill Clinton supposedly having relations with a bunch of women in, in Arkansas. D, he knew something about Hillary's involvement in the Rose Law Firm, uh, where she was apparently involved, allegedly involved in some sort of weird, scurrilous people. Anyway, he was this, but he was just, he was, Vince Foster, like everything else in, in that nutcase uh, conspiracy world, he's not really important. He was just an excuse for people to have crazy conspiracy theories about the Clintons. Okay. And she would read things about, well, you know, they found fibers in his pocket that could not possibly have come from his own office. And no gunpowder residue. That, exactly. They was, no, you're right. And see, it's amazing how you you don't even know the story and you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's all of the same crap you always hear. So um, I, I, it, it's scary that some people have so much time on their hands. I mean, on a manual typewriter, this guy wrote a 200-page manifesto about Vince Foster. Like oh God, no! Passages? No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to take time to read this. In no way am I going to. I mean, there's not going to spend any. It's my whole thing is just this is from an era of talk radio that was really dark. I mean, I worked on, and I don't mean dark like it was evil or something. I mean, it was just a dull, dismal, uninteresting period for talk radio. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's just. It, it is impossible to overstate how dull most talk radio was in the mid-90s, because it was all this. It was all just tedious, bland, boring, long-winded, bloviating conspiracy crap. Except about the for Clintons. Phil Hendry. Except for, except for Phil Hendry. And I mean, that's, that's why he became so big. But yeah, that this is why Phil Hendry happened, because people just needed something that was interesting. So, in any event, uh, well, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We have a plate of cookies here. No. This is was from, that from the guy who just called? Yes, yeah, thanks for making my day. You all uh, rock. Enjoy. Best show ever. And uh, these uh, look to be fantastic. I'm going to have one right now. Hello, sir, madam, as the case may be. How can I help you? Yes. Is this you? Yes, it Am is. I Hello. On? Hi. 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 How are you? This is Bill. Hey, I have an idea for your uh, uh, voiceover for that uh, piece of music you got. Yes, put, sir. Uh, Howard, how, put the Howard Dean scream over it. Sarah, do we have the Howard Dean uh, scream? That we put, can... that, uh, put that banshee scream that he uh, gave over in Iowa a few years back. Hold on a second. Yes, so something there. I like the That's idea good. that the alligators become sort of the rhythm track underneath it, though. That it's like a <laughs> right, recurring exactly. element. All right, thank you, sir. No problem. Great. Right. Have a good one. Thank you, my friend. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I got one. Uh, how about you put Richie Sounder over it? Oh, that's a good number. But see, I don't think no. I can do that, though. Do you have Richie Sounder over there, sir? Unfortunately, I don't, Rick. No. That's so sorry. Oh. Right, well, we'll look into it, sir. Please do. All right, thank you. We'll do one more, and then we'll continue with the news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I had three suggestions, but that last caller took one of them, which was the Richie sound. Right. Um, suggestion, the second, would be one big fiesta for illegal immigrants and homosexuals. Okay, fair enough. And then finally, suggestion, the third, would be... <laughs> I never see it. I never see it. You know, here's the thing is, I think I'm looking for something... Um, 
I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something either uh, really horrible, maybe a soundbite that's really, really inappropriate somehow. I don't, I don't think somehow. you'll ever find it. I think maybe I spoken it. word is the best over it. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, let's talk about other things, shall we? Like yes. winning the lottery. Don't you just hate a 19-year-old who wins the big money? Yes, I do. Like $35 million. A 19-year-old West Columbia, South Carolina man says listening to his inner voice helped him become a millionaire. Jonathan Vargas is the Powerball jackpot winner who matched all six numbers to win $35 million. He said he heard voices telling him which numbers to pick, so he called his mother. I got on the phone. Yo, Mom, write these numbers down because like, I'm about to go get this ticket. He says he has several plans for his $35 million. I'm going to get my mother a house. I'm going to make sure she's straight for life, of course. And um, I'm going to invest. Okay. He just won $35 million. The American dream, Tim. I'm sorry, I'm just reading this email. Rick, speaking of all the bird stories, I just watched two police officers chasing around a duck with a pool skimmer and a blanket. <laughs> WTF? I don't know. Why would that be happening? Why would two, Rick, speaking of all the bird stories, I just watched two police officers chasing around a duck with a pool skimmer and a blanket. WTF, Nate. Yeah, I don't know. He's asking me as though I have the answer. I have no context. I can give that scene in which it would make sense at all. All right. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's up? Um, listen, I I was wondering if maybe tomorrow you could ask Lisa what kind of sights she saw uh, here when she was in Portland over the weekend. And... Yeah, other than Powell's, I don't know where she went, but maybe we'll ask her tomorrow. Well, that's what I was that's what I was asking. Is yeah, maybe you could ask her tomorrow where she went because it was such a beautiful weekend. Uh, did she go up to Multnomah Falls? Did she? Yeah, I got nothing. Well, uh, we'll follow it up with her tomorrow. I know that they were here with. Some friends from Seattle who maybe knew the area a little bit better. So uh, we'll uh, and I, I kind of felt bad that we didn't we didn't kind of give her more suggestions, but I know they were they were sort of busy. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get a full breakdown from her tomorrow while she's sitting at the airport. Yeah, because it you know I mean it was such a nice weekend and there was so much to so much to see. I you, you could see all the mountains for crying out loud. Yes, you could. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Smokers be damned. Citing the burden they place on the taxpayers who pay for government workers' health insurance, Sarasota County officials in Florida have announced they will no longer hire smokers. In Florida, the right not to hire employees who smoke was upheld in 1995 by the state Supreme Court. And they say it's time for smokers to go away. Do not apply if you smoke. Where did that happen? Sarasota, Florida. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even you, you didn't even get off the blocks there. Darn it! All right. So I'm looking for funny spoken words on YouTube to go over. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, all the things I can come up with are, you know, like, uh, you know, he said it would bring us closer together. And that's. But I, you know, let's do one more and then we'll take a break here. Uh, let's see here. We have. Uh, oh, a top Clinton aide is considering a job with Barack Obama. Uh, David Axelrod and former Clinton aide Patty Solis Doyle confirmed that they have had informal conversations on how they may be able to help the Illinois senator if he secures the presidential <laughs> nomination as expected. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm just reading this suggestion, Rick. 
I think that some sort of creepy bird noise is accompanied by a gentle reading of a step-by-step instruction on how to build a birdhouse that will trap European starlings in order for you to be able to gas them with your car exhaust would be greatly disturbing. Bo- bonus points if you use the word solution a lot. All right. Uh, we should take a break. We come back. Uh, we have uh, more from Tim Riley, Clergy Watch. Uh, we have uh, Jim Roop. Quite possibly coming up from Death Valley later on. Uh, we look forward to uh, Oregon primary results today. And the top five karaoke songs that douchebag guy sings in a vain attempt to look like badasses. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Coming up uh, just a short while, we'll have today's top five. Top five songs that douchebag guys always karaoke to try to look like badasses. We'll also attempt to talk to Jim Roop, who is inexplicably in Death Valley today. Uh, more of your phone calls. Like us at 3, Michael Maris Show at 7. Uh, somebody asked me if you ever found the, the template that I used for your jury. No, and not only did I not find... The jury duty letter that I wrote for you so you could get a... Which I think Chris and Bowie letter used to get a jury duty. Not only that, I actually... I don't even know how to proceed now because I lost the thing that they sent me. The thing that says, like, Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited for jury duty. Uh, I, lo- I think I threw that out with all of my... With my news prep yesterday. Uh, which means that now I don't even know who to call or who to, like... Like, who do I call now to get out of jury duty? Do I just call the county? Yeah. I'm sure you can, and they'll just direct Well, whatever you. court that is, uh, maybe Sarah X still had a different court than you did. I have no idea. I don't even remember. It was yeah, just a either. thing like saying, show up for jury duty. So now I've Where, walked... Where's the paperwork? I, well, that's what I'm saying. I threw it out by mistake. Oh, darn it. <laughs> how do you, you mistakenly throw up? Well, because I put it over here I put it over here with some with some other show material, forgetting it was actually a legal document, and then I crumpled it up and threw it away. So it's in a landfill by now. So uh, now I don't even, now I don't even know I don't even know what to do now. So, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> that's my thing is it's like and I'm happy to call and go like hey I threw away my jury info how do well, I get out of it, this? Wasn't it grand jury? I don't really know. It didn't say I that. I think it was grand jury. Well, it didn't say grand jury. I don't think, but it said federal eight week jury. Grand jury wouldn't be that long. I thought a grand jury went by a lot faster than that. Maybe that's just because that's the way they do it on CSI. I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do to help you. <laughs> so I don't really know. So my whole thing is, I, I was up so in my... You're learning your grown-up life lessons from CSI? Yes. I w- well, and I was sitting in my office this morning thinking, well, I really got to get out of that jury duty. How am I going to do that? And I thought, well, I'll just call that phone number. And then I looked at my desk and realized that I had thrown away my jury instructions from yesterday, including the, the instructions like who to call, what number to, to contact... And so then I thought, well, I'll just call the main number. And then I, I did that thing. I picked up my phone this morning, and I looked at the phone, and I sat there for a second with just that kind of blank Homer Simpson stare on my face, and I realized I have no idea where to even begin. What number do I even call? Is there just like a number? You have for... the Internet at your fingertips. But, I mean, is there just a number for the government? I mean, Just call Multnomah County and be like, hi, I'm Rick Emerson. What, what is the number for Multnomah County? How do you just even look Google that number it. up? Okay, I'm going to Google it right now. I'm going to Google it too. You know, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it right now. Multnomah County Court. County Court. I found it already. This is the 4th Judicial District. There's Edson Southwest 4th, Rick. All right, so I just call that number and just say, 
Hey, I got a jury summons in the mail, but I threw it away by mistake. Oh, here we go. Jury service. Yeah. Fantastic. It's amazing what you can do now. All right, here we go. Let's see. Compensation. Copy of summons. Tell them it's not enough money. I demand more. I should try to haggle. <laughs> I demand at least $6 a day. $25? Uh, oh, wait. Here we go. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, please read this information and then complete and sign the enclosed juror eligibility form. No, we know you're eligible. Well, I don't, I don't have it. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, okay. So here we go. So it's just one standard form. Uh, let's see. Uh, mail it as soon as possible. They must receive this form no later than one week before your service starts. So that's Friday. So I got So I wonder if I can just take it there. I wonder if I can drop it off. All right. I'm sure. Well, it is. It's right downtown. So I could just take it downtown and just 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 so I can skirt my duty as efficiently as possible. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that today. All right. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your help. Thank you so much, Tim and Sarah. Who says that? Uh, who says that the radio station doesn't help people learn things? Higher on the Rick Emerson radio program. Yeah. Um. I just. Wanted to let you know those little black things with the silver wires on them. Yeah, yeah, they're bulldog clips. They're what? They're bulldog clips. Bulldog. Why would they be called that? Look in the box. I don't know. <laughs> you know I agree. Okay, damn you! Damn it, you bastard! Look in the box. Like I will come and kick you to death. All right. I don't know. They, that's what they call them: is bulldog clips. You know, and I wasn't going to make fun of you, you know, not knowing that, but you threw away your jury I don't think, paper. I don't think anybody knew that. Who, raise your hand in here if you'd ever heard them called bulldog clips. Yeah. I've never heard of any. So now you're making fun of all of us. Does it make you feel better? You feel like a big no, man now? No, I'm just making fun of you. I'd never make fun of Sarah and Tim. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, my friend. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. He's making that up. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. That guy's making stuff up all higgledy-poo. They're called binder clips. Binder clips. That sounds right. That, I would believe that. Bulldog clips. Whatever, friend. Whatever. Really Jokey LaRue. Yes? Over the top of that uh, beautiful music, I think you should put the sound of a Swedish talk show host throwing up on the air. <gasps> that's a great idea. Somebody else suggested the don't tase me, bro, guy. Rick, why don't you have yeah, another cookie? That's, that's so last month. All right. Thank yeah. you. We'll do that. Thanks Thank so much. You. you know, I don't have to fit into anything now. I'm going to eat like nobody's. I don't have to fit into a tux. Screw is that. Is the shirt that I told you you should buy for that performance? It is. You can't talk about the Aladdin Theater with a band that you can also mention? Yes, it is. Okay. I like the shirt. You picked this out for me via mm, proxy. It's a, it's a great shirt. Yeah, I don't have to fit into anything. The listener party's done. I'm going to eat like a bastard. All right, let's do one more here, and then we'll... Um, do you have the sound of the Swedish talk show host throwing up, Tim? I might. I have to go look for it. <laughs> what? I might, but I have to go look for it. Mr. Clark, um, do you have I the... Uh, all right, let's try this. All right. Ja, hallå. Ja, hallå. Hej, vet du? Niklas. Hej, Niklas. Vad är det för svart är det? Eh, tunn. Ja, hallå. Hej, vet Oh, wasn't there some other vomit clip that we played that same day? Did we have a whole day of vomit clips? Oh, was the, the... There was somebody else throwing up on camera. There was like an anchor person, maybe, or a news person. We had somebody else, and they made a full-on like sound. There was a there was a full-on uh, vomit clip that we played. That's really that's really good though. That splat really uh that splat really resonates. 
That's flat carries. Yes, this is how we choose to use the airwaves. Well, it's the international radio. language. <laughs> no translation necessary. The international language. Puke. The language of puke. Puke, it's a beautiful thing. Wait, who just said that? You saw him pick up. Oh. Hey, you picked up the phone. I'm just sitting here. All right, hold on. Sarah, are you trying to find a new puke sound? Here we go. Exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we've... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to try that one. <laughs> okay. I think that's the same yeah, Let me know when your world is ever known. Okay. Well, that's exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we've... <laughs> Yeah, hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? Niklas. Hey, Niklas, what's up? Ten. That's exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we've... <laughs> AM 970, the more yeah, you hello. know. Hello. Hey, what's up? Niklas? Hey, Niklas, what do you want to do? Uh, turn. That's exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we... Yeah, <laughs> 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 hey, hello. Hello. Hey, what do you want to do? Hey, Niklas, what do you want to do? Boys with breasts so well developed that surgery is needed to reduce them. <sighs> Christian Duckett, a plastic surgeon specializing in obesity-related surgery, says in the past 12 months he's performed at least 20 breast reduction operations on young boys who develop man boobs. <laughs> Not to be confused. No, those are man boobs. Moobs. These are boy boobs. Boobs. They're younger. <laughs> younger and firmer, Tim. Mm -hmm. More supple. So uh, it causes terrible damage to their lives and their self-esteem. God, could, what would be worse, having boy boobs or being known as the kid who had a boob reduction when you were in high school? Wouldn't you just live with it, do you think? Oh, that's true. I mean, I would just, I, I mean, I mean, if you were some kid in high school who was so portly that you had to have breast reduction, I think I would rather just live with the shame of having like a D cup or something as a boy than to be known as the guy who had to go in and have your breasts reduced in high school. So, Jesus. All right. Here's, well, it happens. It does, Tim. Here's Tim Riley. Then a Portland woman has been arrested after a hidden camera caught her stealing money from a room at the assisted living facility where she worked. Oh, uh, that's a Washington County. window seat to hell. Apparently, she uh, allegedly stole money from a purse left by sheriff's deputies in a room inside the Regency Park Assisted Living Center. They're trying to catch her. This is on Southwest Barnes Road. Detectives work with managers to install the camera after multiple reports of theft within the living community occurred. So uh, they caught some woman, and uh, let's see. The woman who asked not to be identified 
described Quinnecca Thompson as nice and friendly. I don't think she'd do it. No. She's uh, such a good uh, person, so friendly and fun. It's unfortunate that a person is able to pass the screening process could be tempted at a later date to be dishonest when the opportunity is presented. Thompson is booked into Washington County Jail on multiple charges, including criminal mistreatment, burglary, and theft. Her bail set at $40,000. Well, okay, Tim. She doesn't seem like the kind of person that would do that, but then again, they never do. All right, fantastic. Uh, here's... Uh... Here's Tim Riley. A Miami University for... student has died three weeks after falling from his bed. The 20-year-old died this weekend from injuries he received after he tumbled nearly six feet from his bed at the frat house. Investigators aren't sure how he felt. Uh, he's been hospitalized since the incident. Uh, let's see here. Oh. Uh, parents have complained to a Northwest Ohio school board. What the hell just happened over there? I think there's a dog in a trash can over here. Is Muppet in the trash? I believe so. Yeah. Muppet, get out of the trash. No. I heard a barrel just up. You never know what's going to happen on this program. Jesus. No, you don't, Tim. All right. Well, continuing now. Uh, parents have complained to a Northwest Ohio school board that a chaperone steal, uh, seals students in their hotel rooms with duct tape during a high school choir trip. At a heated meeting yesterday, Michelle Mehta told the school board in Millbury that the uh, tactic panicked her son during a recent trip to Chicago. Uh, the school board member told Paris the tape was meant to keep students safe. <laughs> Duct tape, uh, there's nothing it can't do. Mm -hmm. So it uh, it would have kept him escaping in an emergency also. Hey, Sarah, do you have... Uh... We have another suggestion here for something to go along with our background music. Let me get this... Hold on, let me get this ready over here. All right, shall I start this first? Sure. All right. I'm the sous chef here. With any luck, I should be head chef by next year. <laughs> I've got this amazing fiance who I won't be marrying this weekend because I'm about to be in a terrible accident. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there, and they should never put the deep fryer so close. <laughs> Exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a GSP, and then we've... I'm the sous chef here. With any luck, I should be head chef by next year. I've got this amazing fiancé, who I won't be marrying this weekend, because I'm about to be in a terrible accident. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there, and they should never put the deep fryer so close. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're horrible people. Have another cookie. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's when they start to reverb her scream of pain that it really becomes funny for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, we're just asking for one of us to be injured in a horrible industrial accident with all of this. Or to be painfully sick on the air. Oh, Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, Jim the Coop. Hello, sir. I was going to give a suggestion, too, but after hearing the yakking sweet and the deep-fried fiancé, <laughs> mine pales in comparison. <laughs> hey, uh, just uh, had a great time at the listener party, and uh, it was uh, it was a good time. So. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for coming out. You spread the word about this fine radio program. Always do, brother. I've been listening to you for 10 years. Excellent. Thank you, sir. You call us anytime.
this guy says, you have to stop. Says, this is the funniest and most horrifying thing you've ever done. I am crying with laughter, but I'm also on the verge of vomiting. It's good to know that there are other people who will be with me on the express elevator to hell. Best puke and boy boob show ever. Nick. Thank you, sir. Glad we could help. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a convicted killer who may receive the death penalty in Colorado has a MySpace page that describes him as pretty harmless. Uh, Sir Mario Owens is uh, 22. He is serving a life sentence for a 2004 murder and may face the death penalty after he was convicted of uh, killing a fellow and his girlfriend in 2005. His MySpace page is maintained by his cousin because Colorado prisons do not allow prisoners to play on the MySpace. Uh, let's see here. So on the About Me section, it says, I don't get to the computer much, <laughs> so I'll have my cousin update me on this MySpace joint when I'm not able to do it. Uh-huh. I'm really just here to find new friends. I have a lot of time on my hands, and as you can tell, I just want someone to write back and forth. You know what I mean? I it think really, we know. It really doesn't matter what it's about. I just need something to take time off from here sometimes. I could think of, uh, say, I could uh, use a pen pal. I'm actually pretty harmless. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Wow, I'm glad I'm only working on paperwork right now. <laughs> oh, that was interesting. Um, got a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, a while back ago, you wanted to come up with some interesting uh, background uh, uh, sound additive, and one of them was Jim Carrey's most annoying sound. Did you ever get around to that? What is the uh, Jim? Do we have Jim Carrey's most annoying sound? Yeah, I that, found it. That on... would probably be on YouTube. Yeah, I found it. Before. Uh, are you saying maybe to be coupled with our with our newfound background music? Yeah, probably even uh, punch it up with something like uh, Jim Hanna's uh, Alligator Bayou. All right. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Let's see. Hold on. Let me see if we can. Uh, let me see if we can get the Jim Carrey thing here, and I will see if I can get this reloaded. I think we, I think, I don't know, I think we may have reached some sort of, like, sound yeah, collage nirvana with the vomit. Um, do you have it over there, Sarah? Yeah. All right. Did, well, I think we might have peaked with the Really? Vomit. Do you want to try it? All right, we can hold try on. It. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Here's Tim Ryland. Still come more. We'll take a break. Flocks of killer ravens are attacking lambs and other livestock across Scotland, Wales, and northern England. Farmers are reporting a big increase in the number of attacks from the birds. Up to 150 ravens are picking animals. One uh, farmer recently lost several lambs to the birds. Oh, my gosh. This is even worse. Uh, so it's, uh, oh, it's, oh, no, oh. Oh, no. no. It's worse than somebody's, like, um, brain um, being in. Are you burning yes. your eyes? Yes, yes, yes. All right, okay. okay. It's uh, similar to the motion picture. Uh, this email says, Rick, just uh, out of curiosity, what the hell happened to today's program? When did it all go so wrong, Rick? When, when? Nothing... I told you there's something in the air today. Nothing's gone wrong, sir. Everything has gone right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Rick, so this is the kind of thing listeners send me. Hey, about that political music. Here's something to go with it. The audio from this famous YouTube clip where a news reporter stomps grapes, falls off a stage, and smashes her nose might be fantastic. Especially the last 30 seconds while she's screaming in pain. We'll look at that during the break, sir. 
Let's come back uh, after this. Uh, we may or may not be speaking to Jim Roop, who's in Death Valley. Uh, we also have today's top five coming up. Top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look badass. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's Veruca Salt. Don't go anywhere. Right. 503-733-2970. Still to come, we have uh, more from Tim Riley. We have today's top five. Top five songs that douchebag guys will always sing at karaoke, trying desperately to look badass. Uh, more of your phone calls. Oh, speaking of which, I had to. Uh, I guess I should print this top five out. So, so I only have five. Uh, I don't think we ever came up with a good sixth. So we're. Just oh, gonna... I'm sure there has to be one. Well, if the, I'm going to print this out as we've got it now. And uh, if we can come up with a sixth one. All right, so I'm going to print this out. And, uh, Richie, at your earliest opportunity, can you uh, go get the top five off of the uh, printer? That would be fantastic. I are on the Rick Emerson radio. Wait, hold on. I are on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hello, Rick. What's up? Hey, I live, out, I live in, in the Seattle area. And an AM talk show, more of a political type talk show. But he's, he's a, a slot or a... Northeastern Europe or Northwestern Europe, European descent. Yes, sir. And he got that clip of that chick puking. And what it is, it's a TV call-in game show. So that somebody told us it was like a game show or like a dating show sort it's, of? No, it's a game show. But what she goes on to reveal after she throws up, she says, hey, everybody, I'm sorry. I have my menstruation. I think, yeah, somebody, somebody mentioned that. we played that, I remember, months ago when we played that whole thing. Or there's, yeah, there's, I think there might be actually a version that we played at one point that actually has, um... Uh, that has subtitles, and yeah, she she's she's taking a call from the audience. The great thing about this, and we should, it's been a long time since we played these. At one point, we had all of these vomit clips posted on our website because the audience is just the fantastic. And the great thing about this Swedish girl vomiting is that it just comes out of nowhere. I mean, she's talking, she's taking a phone call, and then just out of nowhere, just. And it just, I'm, and it's like the vomit is a, it's like it's a swarm of bees escaping from her mouth. I mean, it just, everywhere, she completely goes off camera. And then she comes back, and as you said, she comes back, and just like a true professional, just wiping the tiniest bit off the corner of her mouth, and just, I'm sorry, Hergen, Flergen, Fliegen, Flogen, uh, you know, I, uh, I have my menstruation. So you're right, it is, it is really fantastic. So, Rick, you got to syndicate, man. I need you up in Seattle. Uh, how are you listening now, sir? I work I work down here two days a month. Oh, so you were li- able to listen to us two days a month. Yes. Oh, uh, that is very sad. Well, at least one of the days is today because it's genius. Yeah. Cause, so <laughs> so oh, thank God you were here at the, the vomiting show, sir. All right. Thank oh, you, yeah. my friend. Thanks. All right. There you go. Thank you. Let me just. I haven't. Let me just. Because I haven't watched this in a long time. Hello. Hey, Mr. Niklas. 
Okay. Yeah, I got to. Um, I. It almost looks set up. I mean, it almost doesn't look like it's real, but apparently it is. Just one more time here. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey, what are you? Niklas. Hey, Niklas. What are you for? Uh, <laughs> that noise just sounds so fake. I have to be. I have to be really quiet this time, so everybody can hear the sort of. The, there's the actual hurling, and then there's the hitting of the ground. The best part is if you watch this Swedish girl vomiting over and over and over again, as I have, as we all have. About a second before she actually vomits and loses it, you can tell that she knows something is going terribly wrong inside because she puts. First of all, she takes her hand and she puts her hand back almost like when you go to see if your wallet is in your back pocket. So she clearly senses the beginnings of something awry uh, happening within her body. And then she just, if you watch her face very carefully, she does just the smallest kind of, it almost looks like a burp. Like if, you, if, you, if it were not followed by her vomiting instantly, you would think that maybe she was just belching a little. So I'm going to do this and then I'll put this up on my, uh, at rickemerson.com. Yeah, hello. Hello. Hey, what are you? Niklas. Hey, Niklas, what are you? Hey, Niklas, back. Uh, right? Turn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and totally out of frame, and then... Woo! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here. I must just talk about something now. Oh, it's fantastic. Excellent. I love the internet. I don't know what we did without it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's hey, up? I'm thinking about uh, things that make you sick. This uh, this weekend, I'm I'm picking up my son, and I'm driving my wife's car, and I notice this smell like like rotten feet um, coming from her car. And yes. I get back to the house and I open up the hatchback, and there's a gallon of milk that had been sitting there oh. for two days. I don't and, know. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We spent the next uh, uh, the following day. Uh, Totally trying to detail it out, but I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to go away. Well, that's a, I mean, and now we sort of turned this into a high concept bad smell thing because there, there was we have and everybody knows what I'm talking about. Those little tiny creamers that are little plastic things with like a foil top that they have at you know Sherry's or Denny's where they where they bring you your coffee and they go here's your coffee, hun, and then they bring you the little saucer that has little individual liquid creamers and the ones we have here have been a mystery to me for some time anyway because they don't have any dairy. I mean. They're liquid, but they're not dairy, but they're not powder, but they're whatever. And so I went, last hour, I went to put one in, and I, I went to open it, and it had turned somehow gelatinous inside. And that's a tiny little thing. I would say that's no more than a tablespoon of coffee yeah. creamer, and it turned the whole studio into like a sweat sock for about ten yeah, minutes. Imagine about a half gallon of a full oh, gallon, God. what that would do to the back of the car, oh, especially and, how hot it's been. And can we all agree that rotten milk is one of those smells that even when you get it out, I'm not trying to be horrible, but even when you get it out of the house or out of the car, the rotten milk, that's a smell that stays in your nose. That yeah, stays think, in your nose for quite some time. I don't think I'll be eating Greek food for a while. No. All right. Thank and, you. And then one more thing. Yes, as sir. I was, as I was calling, um, I'm in beautiful downtown Vancouver, and I saw a guy and a girl walking down the road. She's holding her baby, and uh, he's got the stroller with a uh, flat spare tire in the stroller. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I love this town. I love Vancouver. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you have that other piece of sound? Hey, Rick. Yeah. The, uh, the woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Hi. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Hey, um, I just wanted to let you know you're famous. How so? Um, if you search on YouTube, 
you can see yourself in pink pajamas bowling. Is that true? Are there bowling videos of us up? Uh, just one that Richie posted. Richie Bristol, I'm looking at you. Is it the one of Richie bowling with a purse? No. What do you mean he was bowling he with a purse? He sent me a picture of him bowling of, of with a Rick purse in his hand. Yes, sir. Pink pajamas. Yeah, no, I'm wearing these lovely sort of strawberry shortcake type pajamas. I picked them out for him, aren't well, they delightful? Yeah. The sad part is, I noticed the video in the background, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Paula Abdul. Uh, opposite the track. Opposite the track featuring yes. Scat Cat. That's horrible that I knew that. Yeah, yes, they were playing is, the sir. worst video. It was funny because they were playing music videos the whole time. Yeah. But they were playing completely different music, well, and the, then the music videos were playing in the bathroom. They had this weird thing. Well, the music they were playing was a compilation of CBS. It was like stuff from Jam and stuff from KUFO, stuff from Couple, stuff from K Hit, stuff from Kink. And then the music videos didn't make any sense at all. And at one point while I was bowling, I did have this, I do have this distinct memory of trying to bowl and looking up and being distracted by Paula Abdul dancing with an animated feline. So, all right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you, my friend. All right. This Seamus sent us this sound. So this is, this will be the last one we try here. Because so I think am we I supposed may have... to cue, am I just show you a plate from the beginning? Uh, no, probably not. From about 50. You want to go? Okay. Um, so Seamus sent us this. This is from a Fox News affiliate somewhere. Uh, I think we've probably peaked with the vomit sound, but this is a woman in a grape stomping competition. Come in pretty quiet over here. And you know the, the thing where you have like a big bucket full of grapes? But the deal, you, here's what you have to know about the, about the sound, is that the woman is stomping a bucket full of grapes. But on a the, platform. But it, yeah, it's on a platform about five feet off the ground. And when you stomp grapes, they become, you know, liquid and slippery. So at one point, she gives up one stomp too many. She loses her center of gravity, and she tips face forward and slams into the ground after a fall of about four feet, hits herself face first into the ground, breaking, I would imagine, several things. And then they, of course, what do they always and do? This is already, already after she was told to stop, too. They're like, stop, and she's like doing a few more kooky steps. And she was, they, they actually told her to, like, stop stomping the grapes. Yeah. And she actually goes faster to try to, like, sort of be funny. Oh. Uh, who's laughing now? And so she falls off a platform, hits the ground face first. But then what do they do? She's screaming in pain on the ground. It is much funnier than I'm making it sound. And then they cut back to the studio where the anchors are sitting there trying to look unflappable, going, well, I think she might actually be hurt. So let's do it once without sound, and then we'll do it once with the piano. And, and if you if you win, you get to stay at Chateau Alain. And what else do you have going on here? Well, if great company's not your thing, you can come and spend the day listening to live music, eating international food, having wine tours and tastings, vineyard tours, seminars, arts and crafts. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Yeah. Oh, 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 and then she all of a sudden starts going, and she starts running a, a little more in place. And then as she's falling, though, she says, oh, stop, as though she can, like, will herself uh, like to, to no longer fall. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick, Tim, and Sarah. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for a great listener party, and uh, your crew there was very nice to me. Uh, I'm the one that brought you the lamp. And they were very, very cool, uh, very attractive young lady in a red dress introduced me to Susan, and they were very nice, and Richie was very cool. Uh, yeah, the uh, the lamp, which was made out of uh, like parts oh, from yes. a drum kit. And I got your card. 
Yeah, it's yes. actually actually at my home. So yes. Fantastic. Now uh, I was hoping you'd take it to the studio, but I can't complain. It is a gift. Well, it's, it, I'm not really sure where it would go at this point because the studio is a little overcrowded, and strangely enough, for a huge like billion dollar radio station, there aren't like a lot of power outlets in here. But so we're we're trying to band. figure out where it would go at the moment, though. It is taking up residence in my house. Well, fantastic. I just wanted to say thanks and. Uh, Everybody you worked uh, that was helping me out was very cool that night, so it was great. And right. you guys still make me laugh every day. Thank you, sir. All right, have a there good one. Go. Fantastic. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. So we should take a break here. Uh, let us come back with Tim Riley, and then we'll do the top five around the corner. Don't forget, we'll be doing election coverage uh, all night long. Uh, with first, Kentucky results this afternoon, and then this afternoon, uh, Portland results as they come in. So stay there. We return after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. If you if you win, you get to stay at Chateau Alain. And what else do you have going on here? Well, if Rick's something point your thing, you can come and spend the day listening to live music, eating international food, having wine tours and tastings, vineyard tours, seminars, arts and crafts. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, stop. Oh, 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 I can't breathe. Stop. Oh, 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 a hiker who went off a mountain trail was attacked by a swarm of bees before falling 200 feet into a ravine. The man in his early 30s was hiking alone when he left the trail to hike up a gully and was ambushed by hundreds of bees. Bees don't like people who go off the trail. He was waving his shirt, and then he actually was just full of bees, said a witness. <laughs> he was full of bees. He fell about 200 feet off that trail and down into a ravine. He has all broken bones and cut up and, and tangled up in cactus. Captain uh, Jones. No fun. Uh, they tried to reach him and help him, but they were forced to retreat. He was absolutely covered in bees. It was quite a sight. We couldn't get any closer. They started attacking me, said one fireman. So the team donned special suits hours later and uh, decided to perform <laughs> hours, a rescue. Hours later? Yeah, hours later. Uh, I don't understand anything about this. So he's walking along, yeah. bees attack him, he falls 200 feet, mm -hmm. and then hours later they decide to rescue him. Well, they don't have their bee costumes with them. But uh, a regular fireman does not carry wait, a so the bee resistant. Wait, so the bees were just sort of hanging out? They were just sort of like... Well, they were off the trail. Oh, I see. Venture. Well, okay. And you know what you always say about venturing off the trail? Never go off the trail because no one will come to help you. And the bees don't like it when you do that. No. You wouldn't so, like them when they're angry. All right. Uh, is he still alive? Well, let's see here. He is, but uh, I guess he's unable to speak at this point. Okay. Well, good for him. Uh, oh, and there are also uh, some mountain lions, bulls, and coyotes there, but uh, nothing like a swarm of bees around. No. Uh, this email says, uh, hey, Rick, I know this is really stupid, but today is my husband's birthday, and he really loves your show. Is there any way you could say hi to him on the air or make some joke about him being 24? There's no joke to be made about being 24. Uh, his name is Eric. Uh, we went to your roast and stayed a really long time because he wanted to meet you. Uh, we love the show. Becky. Well, uh, hello, Becky, Eric. and happy birthday to Eric. Oh, 
Uh, speak, uh, also, um, hello to uh, Carol in Tucson, who is actually uh, Carol in Portland for the last couple of days. Uh, she uh, came up from Arizona. Is she hanging out with her gentleman caller? I do believe she is. Uh, she came up from Arizona for the listener party, and I believe she's actually headed back home today. So, uh, happy birthday to Eric, and uh, greetings to uh, Carol, who uh, came up from Arizona for last uh, Thursday's soiree shindig thing and whatnot. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, guys. I wanted to talk about the new Indiana Jones movie. Have uh-huh. you guys seen it yet? Gone to, like, maybe a critic's preview of some kind? Uh, no, we ended up not doing that. Um, I... Aaron and Scott saw it. Aaron and Scott saw the, the screening. Court and Fatboy saw the screening. I was not able to go. And I know it shows uh, this. It, it opens this Thursday night right. at midnight. Right. Uh, beyond that, I don't really know much about it. I'm trying to stay spoiler-free. Does anyone think it's a bad idea that they made it like I do? Uh, well, I mean, I know that there was people who were, let's say, people that were, that were nervous about the prospect. I, I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say that it was a bad idea. Uh, but I know there were some people who were sort of nervous about the fact that they were making a new Indiana Jones film. I think in a bad idea in the terms of, you know, I loved Harrison Ford. He was perfect the first time around, but I think they should have let it. You know, that was his time 20, 25 years ago. I think if they're going to do it, they needed to spend more time recasting it, and they should have thought of a better storyline. And to me, just when I heard that they were going to do that, I thought this is sort of like a vanity quest, people trying to relive the fun time they had years ago with their friends and give them another big hit. Well, there's just too much money at stake for them not to have made another one. That's the other thing. I mean, I here's the thing. is that Steven Spielberg, to the best of my knowledge, as I've said a couple of times, I, I don't think he has ever made a flat-out bad action film, ever. Uh, so I think the best, I mean, you know, the best case scenario is that it's a great film. I think the worst case scenario is you're still going to get a decent movie because Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg, he's not George Lucas. I mean, Lucas has just kicked us in the sack several times. I don't mm. think Spielberg's ever just made a flat-out bad action film, ever. I don't know that he's capable of making a bad movie. No, but I think this probably will go down, really, because it was such a landmark movie. People love this movie, even though it was made years ago, and it's sort of a mythic film, and I think for it to be, you know, possibly, I mean, to me, it's going to be a disappointment, and so if it is, I think it's just going to be really kind of crushing, you know? I just wish they had to spend more time. Yes, you know, he's a good director, and I agree with you. I don't think he's ever made a really awful film, but just a disappointing film when he made something that was so wonderful before. Yeah, well, I mean, and the other thing is, thank you, the other thing is, um, that is uh, Desiree. The other thing about it is, is that you're also uh, kind of um, you're weighted down by the expectations of of history too. Uh, and you know. Scott just wrote me and said that he will be reviewing it on Friday. Hey Richie, um, I just printed out uh, the revised top five. Can you bring that in? That would be fantastic. I just printed to Becca's. Uh, is that when we just printed. thought of the honorable mention? Yeah, I okay. just I printed. If you would go uh, pick up the revised top five from back by uh, Becca's printer, that would be. That would be exceptional. That was Desiree. Um, the thing about the Indiana Jones film is, you, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't mean to defend or, or condemn the movie before it comes out, uh, but I will say that... And I've stayed away from Aaron and Scott, like, or any, I haven't had, talked to them at, at all about yeah, the movie, have you? I, not really. I mean I, I, I mean, I sort of saw, I went to Aaron's website, and I saw that there was, they had um, posted some thoughts about it, and I kind of clicked away and, and didn't really want to, uh, I didn't want to read. Can you, and can you let Tim know that we're going to do the top five here in a second? Oh, Thank you. Really? He, yeah, can you let him know that we're about to do the top five and that his mic's still on? <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn off his mic. Well, I mean, if he it's, it's election day, so obviously we could just continue. I know he's, I know he's kind of yeah. busy here. So, um, but um, what was my point? Oh, but, but so, that it, I mean, it's not just that it's, uh, you know, expectations because it's Lucas and Spielberg. I mean, it, it also with every year, 
the first Indiana Jones film, which is really great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a fantastic film. Temple of Doom is, you know, is, is, is good, not as good. And Last Crusade is good, but not as good as the Temple of Doom. So it's tempting to sort of look back on that franchise and view it as being one unbroken string of just fantastic films, which isn't really the case. I mean, it, I mean, each film was not quite as good uh, as the one uh, that preceded it. So, I mean, it, you know, I... So he, did he just leave? Yeah. At 2.40? We have two things to do. Okay. Well, let's take a break here. We'll kind of figure out where we are. And we okay. can always do the top five on the other side, actually, with uh, with the two of us. So um, we'll be back after this. In any event, so um, Indiana Jones does open this coming Thursday night. And, you know, it'll either be good or not. I mean, I'm, I'm as George Lucas would say, it is only a movie. So I'm trying to gauge my uh, expectations accordingly. Back after this, The Rick Emerson Show. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't forget, we'll be doing election coverage with Tim Riley at the CBS Election Center all night long. Uh, and uh, that will kick off here in one hour and 15 minutes when the polls close in Kentucky. Rick, about Indiana Jones being, quote, only a movie. Spielberg claiming it's only a movie is some sort of preemptive excuse for it to not meet expectations. It's like Ryan Reynolds saying Scarlett Johansson is only a girl, and therefore it's okay to knock her up and turn her into a wrinkly, sad, flappy, sagging soccer mom in sweatpants. We all know it's not true. You don't ruin perfection. Speaking of which, you see that story that came out today about Scarlett Johansson's her record album or whatever? Which no, I heard that she has a really lovely voice. Though. Apparently, it's great. So now we can all start hating her. Mm-hmm. Get a hater because. Oh man, you know why? I just I saw the Nanny Diaries, so I went to visit my parents. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst movie ever. Oh no, it's terrible. It but was so terrible. But she seems to be Teflon, where bad movies don't really kind of stick to her. That's true because they were gonna have. I think they had like a huge marketing campaign, and then you never heard about it no, again. No, and it just... it's just all about her boobs again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Sarah. Yes, it is. And she's in the new Scarlet, uh, the new Scarlet Jazz. She's in the new Woody Allen film. Uh, she and Penelope Cruz apparently have some. He's just taken, so she's done Matchpoint with them, and what else has she done? I think she did Matchpoint. She did the follow-up, which was The Scoop, I think is what it was called, which I didn't see, actually. Because he, he puts out like a movie every eight months, and I just can't Dude, get. Matchpoint was enough for me. I never want to see that movie again. Oh, it was incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but the, she's in the new Woody Allen film as well, which I think he just finished uh, shooting in Barcelona. And apparently she and Penelope Cruz have some hot lesbian scenes. So because he's Woody Allen, and you know why not? He's just, I mean, if you're Woody Allen and you can cast like anybody on earth to be in your films, have at it, my friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's roll today's top five. five. Four, three, two, one, fire. You should try and do Tim impression. I don't know that I can really do it justice. I think Tim is off preparing election coverage or quite possibly having a snow cone. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? So yesterday we did the uh, top five karaoke songs that trashy girls always sing in order in, in order to, uh, to to try to look sexy. Um, and so we figured it was you know, only fair to cross the aisle, as they say. So today, uh, we take time to remember that terrible karaoke... I can't do I'm trying to do Tim's introduction. It's not working. Anyway, uh, so because men can be equally hideous today, we have uh, the uh, guy version of that. And I'm just... For the record, I have seen 
Many men sing many, all of these songs, all of these songs. These are the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try and look badass. Uh, and so this was, uh, Sarah's, this is your best suggestion. Yes. Honorable mention, Crazy Towns, Butterfly. Boy, I hate this song to begin with. Uh, and you're right, God, I can... it's some dude from, like, Gresham, some little white boy. I can totally see it, too. Guy with an eyebrow ring. Too much hair product. I'm wearing like an oversized jersey and like has all these bad tribal tattoos. Totally. And this guy, when he sings this song at karaoke, he's not performing this to one special lady. He's performing this for all the ladies. Oh, and he has all that like that hand, the hand gesture. Totally. Like, As though he's like a little like like he's doing a bunch of little karate chops with his hands. Yes. yes. And really, in terms of description, I'll just say that the guy who sings this at karaoke looks just like the guy who sings this in Crazy Town. Always. Super scrawny arm. Just bad. Kind of greasy looking. You know the singer that was on uh, Celebrity Rehab. Yes, he is. Well, I told you he was right. He, the, he, the, uh, the first episode of Celebrity Rehab, which I think is, I watched the first two episodes, he was, um, he was reciting poetry about being addicted to cocaine. Oh, boy. And, but it was like dark poetry about how he was like, you know, it was the fuel that fed the fire of his genius. But it was also the devil with whom he danced at night or something. It was of just like, course it was. The worst thing you've ever heard. You know, this guy's dad was a record executive. No way. Yeah, this guy's dad was the president of a record company. Hasn't this won like numerous awards for being one of the worst songs ever? Well, my whole thing, I'm thinking of this song right now, I'm listening to it and realizing that this is one of those songs that everybody sort of hates. Everybody knows this guy, this guy, this actual guy who's singing it is a douche. And yet, this song is like seven years old, isn't it? And yet, we're kind of still talking about it, and everybody still knows it. I think it's older than that. I think this came out in like when I was in high school, I thought. And so, yet, we're still kind of everybody still kind of knows who the guy is. I am always fascinated by stars who you are aware of, like way after you ought to have forgotten all about them. I mean, this song is just so bad. I mean, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray is that way, you know, where everybody just sort of knows Sugar Ray, and you really should still know them at this point, but you kind of do. All right. These are the top five songs that some douchebag guy will sing at karaoke trying to look like a badass. Uh, at number five, you never close your The Righteous Brothers. Oh, stop it. This is Chris Paddock's suggestion from KUFO. And he noted that this is always a guy or quite possibly a group of guys who sing this. And this is always sung to one special girl in the front row. And the girl that they sing this to is always the female friend of the group of guys because they're all kind of trying to nail her. And so all the group of guys sing this to the one girl in the group, think that eventually she'll like put out to at least one of them. He said that he was actually at, uh, Chris Paddock said he was actually at a party one time for a group of, it was a party at which a group of Air Force officers were president. Uh, president. And he, they all, and because of Top Gun, they all completely busted this out. Uh, and all of them thinking they were the first group of guys to do so. Oh. And this isn't, this isn't even like a specific type of douchebag. This is like like old creepy men or like young guys from yeah. 
whatever. I would say aging frat guys sing this. This one? Definitely. A- Definitely the ones who still idolize Tom Cruise from their childhood. Exactly. Uh, aging frat guys with golf shirts and spiky hair who sell real estate and golf a lot on the weekends. Like 38-year-old white men who still refer to each other as dog. That's who sings this. All right, coming on the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look like badasses. Number four. <laughs> I gotta get oh, that. I, I have to get that to turn off at some point. Raymond, all of my uh, Garth yeah. Brooks, friends in low places. Oh man, every because I went to school at WSU, of course, mm-hmm. and. Every Eastern Washington hick boy that, you know, grew up around um, Pullman would always sing this song. Here's the thing about this song. This song is not sung toward a girl. This song is actually a guy singing to all of his other dude friends. Mm -hmm. This is the the male bonding song. I toasted you and said, honey, we may be thrilled, but you'll never care me complain. I am really glad, looking back, that I was able to sort of hear all of Garth Brooks' big hits sort of before they became big hits. Because I really do like these songs, but as time goes on, they just... I don't know, it's like a its like a pristine shiphole just being covered in barnacles over time. I mean, all of these songs sort of just get, like, so much social baggage going along with them. This is another one, by the way, when I was looking on YouTube this morning to find some audio of this. I had to wade through, I don't know, probably five pages of videos of people sitting around with their friends singing this at a party with the video camera on in the corner of the living room, just filming themselves so they can post it on YouTube. Here's the other thing that we, the other thing that I saw all over YouTube when I was looking for this was this song laid over a montage of photographs from people with whom, like, the narrator had gone to college. So it was like a bunch of like drunken stills from frat houses kind of put together into some sort of a slideshow. Yeah. Alright, we're counting down the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look badass. Oh, this one. Number three. This is always the aging dude. Totally. This Still is trying the... to nail like twenty one year olds. <laughs> the KGON listener. Oh. I'm just seeing a leather do rag. Totally. Right, as the song was beginning, he's nodding a lot, like because he's about to bring it. Oh, the day I was born. He's arch, he's arching an eyebrow. He's got one eyebrow arched, and he's sort of, he's got the sly grin on his face. At slack moments in the song, like between lyrics, he sort of turns his head and kind of shuts his eyes and sort of rocks back and forth a little bit because he's feeling the groove. Being propelled along in a wave of rock. He really sells that stutter, too. The douchebag who sings this at Carrie. This is a great segment. I'm so glad we did yesterday's top five and this top five. The douchebag who sings this really over... He really... He goes out of his way to really nail that stutter. The stutter, it's of utmost importance to him that he get that part correct. I'm here to tell you, When he sings the bad to the bone part two, he brings both hands together to the microphone 
sort of like Mr. Miyagi rubbing his hands together. He and, he, his eyes. and he squinches his eyes and he kind of hunches down ever so slightly, like about six inches. He's also got the microphone Rollins style in his hand, cord wrapped around his hand three I times. I bet Scotty J sings bad to the bone. Oh, I, like, do you have any doubt? Right here, again, he's got his eyes shut, biting his lower lip while he really feels the solo. Kind of swaying back could and be forth. An air guitar in there too. He sings this because uh, Muddy Waters' Manish Boy is another jukebox. Counting the top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look badass. Number two, Hank Williams Jr., Family Tradition. Sarah? I didn't put this on the list. No, you didn't. Heard it many times, though. <laughs> I mean, and I should say, by the way, in terms of preamble, I actually like a lot of these songs, or some of them anyway. And I got nothing against the Righteous Brothers. I really truly have nothing against Garth Brooks. I own many George Thorogood records, and I like it. In fact, I really, I have to say, I like, I like it, this song. except for Crazy Town. You know, I like all of these guys on the list. I really do. It's really just a specific type of guy. I like Hank Williams Jr. I'm a big fan. I really honestly am, in a, in a totally unironic way. It's not even really that I dislike this song or people who like this song, because I love this song. It is the douchebag karaoke guy who sings this. And you see him everywhere in Portland. Everywhere you go, there's the douchebag guy singing this song. He's omnipresent. Wouldn't you agree? What? I am very proud. Yes, I yes. I know a lot of people. Uh-huh. Although his kind of music and mine now, your number one, like, I remember seeing this predominantly a lot more, um, like, years ago, but I still hear it quite a bit. Number one also came from Chris Paddock. It was his suggestion, and I, I couldn't I couldn't really argue with it. By the way, a lot of times, the guy who is singing this also has tickets to the upcoming Hank 3 show at Dante's. Like, nine times out of ten. Because he's been a Hank 3 fan for a long time. He celebrates the Williams family's whole catalog. Top five songs that douchebag guys sing at karaoke to try to look badass. Sarah? Cowboy. Look at you. Number one, Kid Rock, Cowboy. I have nothing against Kid Rock. I have nothing against the song. I really don't. But boy, goddamn, Kid Rock. Well, I'm packing up my game. Here's the thing about Kid Rock. There's only one Kid Rock, and I mean that really in, in, in neither good nor bad. It's just true. I have nothing against Kid Rock, but there can only be one of him. Uh-huh. And anybody else trying to do what Kid Rock does just comes off you like a like forgot. a douche. No. Real slim shady. I get, really? Is that true? Oh, Does that yeah. happen? Yeah you, don't, yeah, you don't know the, the icky karaoke circuit I like don't. I do. No, I don't. Lots of m M&M. Apparently people are complaining the hallway smells like rotten milk. <laughs> it's amazing so much stink can come out of one of those tiny little creamer containers. Hey, Richie, why don't you bust open some of your durian fruit before you start passing along the complaints about the filth in the hallway, huh? All right. Back after this. It's, oh, wait. Are we done? <laughs> We're done. I'm so used to going to a break. Are we finished? Yeah, we took out of the break early. Oh. Well, all right then. 
We're ending now. Uh, don't forget, uh, CBS Radio's election coverage happens all night long right here on AM 970 with Tim Riley at the CBS Election Center. So be listening. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Lisa Desjardins from PDX International Airport. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Eric Stillen for AM 970 Southwest State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley in the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers. Dave's in. The webmistress. It's Bridget from upstairs. Check out 970.am for the gallery of photos from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, CBS Radio uh, Director of Engineering Brian Jones and of course CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds. Like us next. Michael Mara Show at 7. CBS election coverage all night long. Uh, see you all tomorrow at uh, 11 o'clock. I'm huge. Thanks for listening. Don't let the best credit out. Watch your first Bye.